This month's ChompCast episode is brought to you by the Sword Chomp Patreons. We want to thank each and every one of them for continuing to support us month after month, continuing to bring this wonderful podcast to you, the listener. Thank you, Danny P., The Rev., Ivan, Gilbeezy, Jay Holbro, Curtis, Matt, Jonathan, Lisa, Epidemic, Zach H., Jason, Jeremy, Vince, Sam, Tom, Chance, Tawny, Stefan, Cursive Lie, Danny W., Sai, Eric, Howard, Corin Space, Kane, Zach G, Ryan, Fletch, Paul. Thank you guys so, so much. We appreciate you. Thank you. Now, let's get to the Chompcast. You are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. We know life is precious and your time is valuable, so thank you for making our show part of your day. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. Chompcast gives you double life experience points. Every show is streaming and downloadable at SwordChomp.com. Of course, you can find us anywhere you download podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. And in particular on iTunes, if you can leave a kind rating for us and subscribe, um, really anywhere you subscribe helps us kind of rise up the charts and meet new chompers uh, like yourself. And of course, if you are digging what we do after you hear the show or anything we do on social media and you just want to be a part of the Sword Chomp family, go to Patreon.com slash sword chomp we'll pimp that more later but uh, you can become a sword chomp vip the last of us 2 leaked aka the great leak of 2020 as i am dubbing it and it has rattled naughty dog and sony and we will discuss that as the topic of the show with your input that's right you chomp nation the at sword chomp instagram page has left some good responses that i will be reading on the show we're also talking a ton of games because we've been backlogged with big rpgs like final fantasy 7 over the past couple weeks so we have quite an output here um banjo kazooie ori chimera squad streets of rage 4 persona 5 dundara and more i'm sure i forgot something in there but my point is there's a lot of games we're going to talk about so Hang around. Um, it's going to be a fun show. I think it's, especially if this is your first show in particular, I think it's been a great way to get to know us. From New York, let's get some intros here. I, of course, am not alone. Um, the one and only Rich Meister is joining us from the East Coast. Uh, how you doing, Rich? 
Oh God, we Rich can't is hear you. Oh, all right, oh, perfect. I'm sorry, I fixed audio. Weird, oh. we, uh, well, what I meant to say was, <laughs> uh, weird week. Better now. Oh, that's okay. Um, that's all right. <laughs> you know, Rich, you made a, you made a minor mistake there, but at least you had your microphone plugged in. I I pulled a real Brita. <laughs> you Brita this situation. Hey, look, uh, there was a, a microphone. Yeah, last week. Uh, thank you, Josh, uh, for uh, working that out. Josh, you got to host your first podcast, so that's pretty cool. I At did. Least. I did, after the fact. It was <laughs> something else there. Uh, yep. But yeah, no, uh, Rit, uh, go ahead. You owe him a ahead, bottle Chad. of whiskey, Morgan. Oh, sorry. I listened to that twice, by the way. <laughs> just so, like, hearing Josh just have to, like, dub you over was fucking amazing. Uh, it, it was, was great. That's the only time you ever hear Josh say he listens to the Dan Lebetard sports show. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I did say that. I also, at one point, and someone's going to take this out of context, and it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life, said that Leinenkugels was my favorite beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'm going to make that my ringtone. <laughs> yeah. They're going to... I really had... For some reason, you're going to get... Like, Josh is going to get arrested for making, like, uh, explosive nail polish or some shit like that. Like, he's going to come up with this chemical uh, formula for it, and then he's going to get arrested in his deposition. They're going to be like, so, um, it seems like you said that Lining Kugels was your favorite beer. Uh, this alone gives you five years in uh, prison. What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> You said uh, yeah, I, I, I it wasn't was me. Your favorite beer? Is that I, something you find funny, Mr. Fowler? I, I didn't realize I had so much power to say anything that you'd have to repeat. Otherwise, you know, I, there's so much I could have said. It could have been so much worse, yes. It, could, it really could have <laughs> dude, been. Dude, imagine. Dude, Morgan, you realize that if you had done that and you had said, yeah, because Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. That he may have never recorded that introduction. Oh, he would have. He would have quit. Well, Josh no, would I would have just left an adequate pause where, when you get to that point, I would have been like redacted. He just puts like one of those beeping things. Beep. Okay, and moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, or, but yeah, put a disclaimer: uh, re- these opinions uh, <laughs> do not reflect the actual opinions. <laughs> um. It's actually funny. That reminds me of a, uh, a funny Red Dead thing I'm making. I'll talk about later. But Rich, uh, glad you're here. I have a question for you to start the show off. Yeah, People need yeah. to know. Um, when you, Rich, are <laughs> uh, crying in your car on your lunch break listening to Boys to Men, is yes. it? Is it? This is a multiple choice. Is it A, I'll make love to you, B, end of the road, or C, crossroads, bone thugs in harmony? Um, okay, so this is going to be a little more complicated to answer. About 80% of the time, the answer is A. About 20% the answer is C. Oh, okay. Okay, good, good. Because uh, for some reason in my mind, I cannot separate being a child at a dance listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony and Boys to Men. It's like the same and tree. Drops I'll the same be doing fruit. it tomorrow because I got a brand new sound system to do it with. I want to hear how that sounds in the new acoustics because I I bought a new car today. Ooh. I want to I want to imagine Rich like pulling up to the stoplight in his new car and he's crying and then someone's like waving to him and he unrolls his window and then you hear Aerith's theme just playing out of his stereo <laughs> <laughs> at a stoplight. Oh God! If I can get some help, I'll uh, <laughs> I can make you a video of that. <laughs> that that would be a great. That's video. That's an amazing video. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll put that in the uh, the memory bank. It's just so um, beautiful. <laughs> well, the question has been answered. Uh, thanks for being here. Also, you said you spoiled Last of Us 2, so we're going to have to talk to you about that. Not spoilers. By the way, don't freak out. We're not going to talk about spoilers. We're not monsters here. You know, we're not rich. No, we're also, gonna... it's probably worth noting, like I said, um, and you did you did put my out-of-context <laughs> statements about that on the Instagram. I'm still, of course, going to play The Last of Us. Uh, I've just always been a person uh, that spoilers wow. do not bother me at all. Uh, oh, yeah, no, you had, you had more. I thought you'd always been no. a person. <laughs> I've always been a person. I hope no one takes that out of context and uses it against me because it's not entirely true. Um, I, there was, there's that brief period in the 90s where you were not a person. It was yeah, strange. Well, I was a lizard person for a little bit. Uh, still technically a person. I mean, have you seen those UFO videos? I have. It's and rich, we're, why are we rich. not talking about it? Let's it's do a rich. podcast about that. Um, yeah, no. Oops, uh, all the anime. I did watch UFOs. those videos. Not like in their entirety, and then I read some synopsises of like kind of the stuff those videos touched upon. And all I'll say is, I'm of course still going to play the game. Uh, the plot does the exact stuff I kind of thought it might. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, anyway, thanks for being here, Rich. Uh, from Japan, we have the one and only uh, Shay Layton is joining us from here, Professor Layton. Um, Shay, I got the most hey, loaded. Yeah, hello. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I have probably the most loaded intro question I've ever asked you. Um, okay. Because you've been on this Ori train so hard, right? Ori, 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 Ori. Uh, no, and, you know, I've been I'm never getting off this lately. train. <laughs> the, the, Ori, the Ori train. I'm still uh, on the Phantom train. <laughs> it's, a be- it's a beautiful train. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but then, of course, you know, all these emotions around Final Fantasy VII, you, 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 are, you would still take... Ori over the Final Fantasy VII remake, right? I don't know yet. I'm going to have to parse that out later on because I I haven't decided, man. Like, they're both such good games that, like, I think... Because I just finished Final Fantasy VII at the beginning of the week. Um, Not to get into that right now, but I think I'm going to have to let both of those games kind of sit with me because, like, I just finished it uh seven and i'm riding high on it right now and i want them to kind of sit with me for a little bit and see how i feel you know six months from now and after we get everything out about final fantasy 7 on the chomping after darks because yeah as of right now i would say final fantasy 7 but i i mean ori was such a good game what you just threw Ori under the bus after all that masterpiece talk? Uh, I'm gonna make a notepad uh, so I can remind myself to force Morgan to choose between Death Stranding and Red Dead later. <laughs> right? Oh, that's that's easy. I, I uh, Death Stranding was my game of the year just last get, year, get but rid most of, both of them, right? Most years it wouldn't have been in like the top three. Last year it was just a kind of a slow year, I think, for me. Okay, honestly, uh, that's kind of the answer I wanted to hear that you would pick Red Dead because that is a better game. Well, of course. I mean, it's the best game ever. Um, but no, back That's to Shay. Uh, back, back to Shay. Um, it's a game. Shay, I'm a little disappointed. That's you got still me being on the generous, Ori train. Rich. You were saying masterpiece, this and that, and now you, I feel like you're dumping it is a your, your amazing, you know, girlfriend for the hot new, the hot new girl at work. You know, come on. Well, she's okay. new. All right, all right. Imagine, imagine Red Dead Two coming out, and then the same year they remade Final Fantasy VIII. Death Stranding, and, and then you have to choose between those two. Though that's easy. Ma- I always, I never, I will always lean toward the the newer product, like as opposed to a remake or remaster, just out of principle. 
Well, I, I don't know what principle that is, but I don't share it. So, right? Like I'm saying right now, I'm like, because I'm still riding high on it, Final Fantasy VII, but in six months, ask me that question again and we'll see if it's a, if it's a more, you know, logical, less emotional answer. We'll see. Maybe uh, all right. So after the show, I'll try and uh, well back up that, the bus and this show's gonna Ori's take six corp. months. <laughs> after no, I was just gonna say after the show, we'll back up the bus and we'll find Ori's car, uh, corpse under there and um, scrape him out of the wheel well. Yeah, and they're always yeah. gunking it up. It's the worst. I that's what happened to my old car. I am surprised to hear that, but that that's interesting because uh, you know obviously anything said on the show is eternal and can never be taken back. So it's said in um. private, and no one else hears it except the four of us. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Because right. I was like, I wasn't even on. The, anyways, uh, we can talk about that later. Um, thanks for being here, Shay. Um, getting off to, um, <laughs> fuck. I feel I actually feel <laughs> sad for you now. Joshua Fowler is here. Josh, uh, happy you are here. I already kind of introduced you a little bit at the beginning, so you get two introductions today yeah. in a way. Um, and I was also just going to say that you hosted the show last week and it was hilarious, but we already talked about that too. So you kind of stole my thunder, but yeah. um, I did. I, you stole I your joking. thunder. You you kind of brought that up at the beginning. <laughs> Listening to Josh introduce himself is my favorite part. <laughs> Yeah, somebody brought it up, and then I tried to bounce off it, and then just kind of bounced it back in my face. So you know how that goes. Uh, but no, that's in, if you if you're new to the show or you missed that show somehow, you should check it out because because of a recording issue, Josh basically had to record over my bad audio, and then he had a conversation with you guys and himself talking the way I was talking, and it's you will never hear anything like it. So you should go check it out. It's fascinating. Um, it's, it really is. You owe him I, a bottle of whiskey for that, by the way. I, well, look, I, I, the other audio was not the best, but it wasn't terrible. You know? I mean, I think Josh's no, version was funny. You, you have no idea. Josh is, Josh is messaging me, and I, I was like, he was. we were talking about, like, we were brainstorming for hours the best way to go about it. Now, granted, Josh did the heavy lifting there. Um, undoubtedly, which is why I'm saying you owe him a bottle of whiskey, but like he was, we were sitting there literally brainstorming for hours. Like what's the best way to go about this? We talked about the solutions together and the like any possible outcomes, everything like he, he labored over that for hours before he made a decision. And then he had to go listen to your audio, write down everything that you said, recreate it. Get the cadence right. Yeah, dude, he had to do, like, yeah. you well, owe him a bottle. I didn't want to re... It was going to be more work to try to re-space all your audio, so I had to speak as fast as Morgan does for the entire exactly. intro. That's, which, that's, which what I, that's what I... I, I didn't want to so. keep driving the point home. Oh, I didn't want to keep yeah, driving yeah. that point home. No, I got you. I got, no, I'm I'm very appreciative. I guess <laughs> I when I heard it, I was like, oh, shit, I think Josh thinks that I lost the original audio, and I... I sent it to him, but I'm, I'm sure at that point he was like, I already did all that work. I'm going to use my next my time. Audio. I'll be Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had no idea it was that much work. I, I would have probably, if I had known it was that I would have, uh, you know, tried to help out or send something differently, but yeah, no, it turned out oh. good. Uh, sorry that it, you know, was hell. So, yeah. So the least I could do is make your life hell, Josh. The least <laughs> I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hey, it turned out for all the work you put in, it turned out to be a very unique intro. Once in a lifetime. Um, I, of course, am General Mountain Time here from 
Montucky, uh, and Morgan, if you're nasty. And look, we have a crazy show today. I do want to tell you guys this because this, I think even Shay will find this kind of interesting. I have been, over the past three days, I have to tell somebody about this because I'm going crazy, have been deeply entrenched in the Animal Crossing black market for uh, selling villagers. Um, you got a slave problem, trade, man. you mean? Yeah, just say what it is. Exactly. And you're a monster. Um, so, so basically I spent three days trying to get Raymond who there's a tier of, uh, characters in Animal Crossing that people want for whatever reason. Like they just want these villagers so bad and it's kind of RNG in the game who you're going to get obviously. And I, for whatever reason, the first villager I got was Raymond, which is this cat with two eyes and he's re- he's a really cu- cute character and he says a with, lot of really- With two with eyes two as eyes? opposed to all the cats with oh, one? Oh shit. Sorry. I misspoke that part. Um, two different colored eyes. Um, which- there we go. <laughs> Which is in you know, just he just has a cool look to him. His house looks like an office building. He's a very unique uh, Animal Crossing character, but for some reason, people fucking love this guy. I, Hi, there's how are ru- you? What, I don't know what it is. I guess there's rumors that it's kind of a, you know, the, look. I don't want to make any judgments, but I'm just, <laughs> some people are saying it's because of the sexual nature. All I'm saying is there's a tier of Animal Crossing characters that people really fucking want. Well, all um, the Animal Crossing characters are very sexual. Yes, of course, of course. And so I was like, I got this gold mine. I think, uh, if, Shay, you'll probably remember this reference. <laughs> yeah, they want the ones that fuck, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, this Raymond, this guy fucks. But uh, it reminded me of like whenever I was uh, way, way back when my wife and me were first started dating, I got this really rare magic card. I used to play Magic the Gathering. And I went and bought this one, like two booster packs for a couple bucks. And I got this, at the time, it was a very rare card called uh, Tarmogoyf. And it was like one of the rarest cards, I guess, in Magic you could get at the time. And my wife opened up the pack and she was like, what was that card the guy at the store said was really, really rare? And I was like, uh, it's, it's something Goyfers. And she's like, this thing? And she turns it around. And I still remember this day being like, holy fucking shit, that's the Tarmogoyf. And we ended up selling it for like $300 on eBay or something like that. You know, the actual... Um, uh, how much did you sell it for? Uh, fuck, it was a long time ago. It was like $300, I think. That's how much you sold it for? Yeah. Yeah, those... Tarmogoyce sell for a ton because they're an incredibly, incredibly versatile card and borderline OP. They're incredibly, incredibly pricey cards. Well, they were. I haven't, I haven't been involved with Magic in a few years now, but... At the time they were. I don't know if there's. Actually, I'm gonna go look. I'll see you guys later. I'm gonna go check out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> bye. You know, the saddest part of that story is for Christmas that year, um, Morgan sold Tarmogoyf to get his wife a case for her mandolin, but she sold her mandolin to get him a protective sleeve for his Tarmogoyf, mm. and that's oh. and that's what true love's all about. An amazing I... protective sleeve. Rich, it was was made of diamonds (laughs) Rich I really thought for a second you were going to say the saddest part of that story was I sold my Tarmogoyf and you were the guy who bought no I never actually played Magic despite the fact that I'm wearing a Magic hat right now that's wild I thought every nerd played Magic I thought it was some sort of rite of passage that you had. no I was actually at the comic shop uh, that where Magic tournaments happened in my town uh, buying comics and being like fucking nerds yeah (laughs) as I searched for X-Men number 3 we recognized a junkie when we saw one. Uh, actually, that's funny you mentioned that, Josh, because I'll always stick uh, 
one day in my head when I walked in and there was a guy like easily in his 60s there and he's like yeah I started in college and I've been hooked ever since and I was like well I'm never playing that game (laughs) (laughs) well that's there's truth in that for sure and to be honest with you Rich I was probably the guy that kind of look at those nerds still buying comics one of those guys um you know we were all wrong we were all terrible people Mm -hmm. uh the Tarmogoyf now sells like some of them sell for 40 (laughs) to 50 dollars now so you sold right when you should have Good job. Well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what the guy the guy was telling me that like the prices fluctuate so much with cards. He was like, "Yeah, you want to get rid of this thing now? It's not like it's not like certain things that you hold on to them and the value increases. I mean, there yeah. are some exceptions. It's just it's probably at a high right now. Now's the, the time. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. going to be legal in the most formats early on. Well, th- there's even some cards that I remember were like only worth like ten bucks, and then I I waited and sold them a year later, and the guy was like, "Damn, these are worth like thirty now," and I'm like, "Whoa, hmm. okay." Like they just they f- because when a new set comes out, a, an older card may have more, um, you know, usability uh, in the new set. So it's just, might, yeah, it's, it might have more viability now, and it might be harder to get. Yep. But that that sort of feeling of having something special or like the market within the game, I still enjoyed playing Magic, but there was like a meta game within that that was interesting. And that's kind of how this whole Raymond thing has been for me, like knowing I had kind of a rare villager. And I I posted it on Twitter today and literally I was I don't know if I showed any of you guys to you guys, but my inbox has literally been flooded. I had I have to take it down because it I cannot stop getting request and like it's crazy people are offering me millions of bells hundreds of nook tickets and i don't know what to do because i don't want to let these people down you and know? a good like, old-fashioned fucking suck <laughs> it's fucking it's awesome dude like i'm so and the best part of this story was like i had been trying it for three days and i could not get him to leave my town every every technique on the internet every he's moving out, out tomorrow there. um yes he's he's um, putting, okay he's, i'm gonna come over and take him for nothing <laughs> no one's going to my town um and, and so, like, this morning, I wasn't even trying to get rid of him. I had given up. I had given up. I was just doing shit in my town, getting ready to, to you know, because I'm going to basically reset and start a new game. And he was leaving. I was, and he was stomping around. Wait, you're going to reset and start a new game? Yeah. Why? I... I just want to re-roll on everything. I, I don't I don't like any of my villagers. I don't. So I don't get like your villagers will move out, and you can get new villagers. Well, you, you can get terraforming and change the entire layout of your island. Yeah, but I have to deal with like the four or five villagers I have now that I I don't want. I don't even like the shape of my island. I don't like again unlock you, terraforming and change know, the shape of your island. But I I have I enjoy the beginning of the game. Like I have fond memories of like starting and with those. You I know. Have already put so much time into that game. Like I I would throw it in the garbage before I just restarted. Well, that's the thing. My wife thought I was crazy. She was like, um, "Why would you do that?" And I'm like, "No, I. That's not the way I view it at all. Like I I enjoy that process of." kind of playing with the army. The biggest reason is because I can take all those nook tickets and I can just run the islands for like three or four hours and basically tailor my island to look exactly how I want it to. With but with the- also you're about to sell Raymond and yet a bunch of in-game stuff that is now useless to you. Some of it's going to be useless, but a lot of my favorite stuff, I'm my wife is holding on to. She's like my moving company. I'm going to give it to her as like a holding thing and give her some bells, and then I can go get. There's some things that I will have to get over again. Like there's some things you can't really transfer. I don't think recipes. Um, yeah, yeah, but like all my like stuff that I've worked real hard to get, my stuff stuff is. And you know, look, I've moved a lot in my life. I don't carry an extreme attachment to to that kind of stuff. So. But this isn't like real life. This is Animal Crossing. This matters. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Believe it or not, I'm really excited about starting fresh. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I'm like, I, I get liking like the fresh start thing, but it, to me, it's just I've sunk so much time and resources into crafting what I was given in the way I want it to be at this point that like the idea of starting this game over is insane to me. See, I haven't. I haven't sunk that much time into it. Like, you haven't um, been to my town in a long time, but, like, we got paved roads. We got plumbing. It's it's pretty crazy over there. <laughs> well, exactly. And mine's not like that at all. So, And I need a fresh start with my daughter because she needs to learn a hard lesson about trashing up the place. <laughs> just fucking... You should just not tell her you've dele- you're deleting the island, and then she goes in the next day. She's like, Dad, what happened to the island? You go, oh, you didn't hear? It's fucking gone. It got too dirty, <laughs> and the CDC shut it down. Dude, dude, I know she know. Look, she kind of knows what's going on. I've explained to her, but the saddest part was when I told her not to talk to Raymond. I was like, "Don't fucking talk to Raymond." She's like, "Why, Dad?" I was like, "Don't you fucking talk to that? <laughs> Don't you talk to that piece of shit? <laughs> Don't you fucking talk to Raymond?" What can I say? Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> Anyways, the the moral of the story is like it's been really interesting, like to have that weird meta game in there. So, um, yeah. In fact, I actually learned today as we transition into the topic of the show, that one of our good friends and one of our chompers that I will not reveal the name of is knows how to make illegal amiibos, I guess. And they were trying to get me in on the illegal ami- amiibo market game. So I guess there's a way to make your own amiibos. Well, what it is is basically people copy the data from the NFC chips and they'll put it on like a card or something you can just quickly scan. There was a lot of this going on when Breath of the Wild came out because people wanted a cheap way to have all of the Zelda amiibos to just roll the uh, cosmetic drops they would provide. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a hard thing to do if you have the equipment to do it. Okay. But is it, it's not really illegal. Is it? It's illegal. You're, you're copying that copyright NFC. Yeah, like it violates yeah, the just, terms of service for the product. violation because you're... Like, the amiibo doesn't matter, but the code on that... It, you know, RFID is what, matters. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's not even it's a unique code, right? Yeah, it's also not necessarily illegal for you to do that. It's illegal for you to do that, make copies of it, and sell and it to sell someone. It. Yes, it's the selling. It's yeah, the, yeah. I feel you like. could. Yeah, you could do it for archive reasons. Yeah, <laughs> you can't make it and distribute it to someone, yeah. whether it be free or for money. It's true. True. But what about bells? My point is, you're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm deep in that hole, so message me if you want to know more about it. It's it's amazing. And uh, didn't you start yeah. that by saying you closed your DMs? I <laughs> that's fucking true. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did. I did. I don't know what I'm talking about. Don't don't message me. Um, but no, it's uh, it's been a fun week. This is this week started off crazy because Monday, um, everyone's dropping the bomb that The Last of Us Two uh, had a big leak. Uh, a ton, like more than your average leak of like one little thing. Like it was a significant fucking leak and obviously a, a massive game coming out this year that just recently was indefinitely delayed because of uh, the coronavirus situation. Not um, so indefinite anymore. Not so indefinite anymore. And like literally a few hours after the leak was exploding on the internet. Yeah. Rich, you jumped in chat and you were like, yeah, I guess it rattled Sony because, uh, we have a, a release date June 19th. And I was like, Holy fuck. (laughs) I, yeah. If anything, like I'm glad it's coming out and I'm glad it's coming out so soon. I'm kind of annoyed that it pushed ghost of Tsushima back. Cause I really wanted to play that. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know why I had to, I mean, I get why they don't want to put two of their major releases in the same month. I 100% get that. 
yeah, it makes makes you wonder that I didn't bump the whole thing up. But anyways, it's uh so yeah, that's awesome that the game is actually coming out now in some in instead of some indefinite bullshit. Uh, and they were throwing all that logistical shit at us, which basically means we want to make more money, and uh, we don't think we can make it as much money right now. But June 19th, I guess, is what they settled on because of the spoilers going around. They don't want those. They don't want more people to be ruined. You know, they're the riches of the world that went out there and and did, don't mind, so they just dug up the information. Um, but in general, you know it. People were getting all the edge lords were everywhere. People were getting all in a tizzy over worrying about things being spoiled, and it was messy, man. That that was a messy day. I felt, and and it was funny when Naughty Dog came out. I don't know if you guys saw the the tweet that Naughty Dog had. Um, I didn't. I saw some of their later stuff when they were talking about the actual like uh, the details of the leak and what they're pursuing, but I did not see them tweeting about the the events and all that. Yeah, yeah. So basically they sent a letter. It said a message from the studio. It said, we know the last few days have been incredibly difficult for you. We feel the same. It's disappointing to see the release and sharing of pre-release footage from development. Do your best to avoid spoilers and we ask that you don't spoil it for others. The Last of Us Part 2 will be in your hands soon. No matter what you see and hear, the final experience will be worth it. And yeah. Boom, it's coming out. So, uh... I guess Rich dug it up, but Shay and Josh, have you guys, you guys are still unspoiled, right? You guys are still untainted? Okay. We got a taint. <laughs> yes, my perineum is 100% intact. Yes. Mm. That's the yeah. uh, the section, like, near the gooch? That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Go- um, gooch? It's gooch adjacent. Gooch adjacent, Okay. <laughs> Gucci. Yeah, yeah, I don't I think anyone Gucci. has said Gooch since the early 2000s, to be honest with you. <laughs> nah, Morgan is just true. like a treasure trove of late 90s and early 2000s references. Well, I'm the one who said Gooch. Yeah, I didn't say Gooch. Hmm. God, is the lag that bad that Rich is saying things? Am I getting blamed for shit other people are saying now? The fuck is well, happening? It's a, it's a natural reaction. You hear something <laughs> stupid and you're like, Morgan. <laughs> I was like, what am I hearing right now? What is going on? No, the lag is that bad. I thought it was Morgan. Rich, I'm disappointed in you. Who the fuck says Gooch in 2020? I should have. I should have just let Fred Durst would say. I should have just let Morgan take the blame for it and like just gone full (laughs) denial and been like, I didn't fucking say that. (laughs) Whoa. No. Um, No. Yeah. That's no. Um. I have not seen anything, uh, other than it was spoiled. Naughty Dog's response. Um, that people are angry at what the plot is turning out to be in accordance with the spoilers. Uh, obviously, we were told today that the um that the person who spoiled it was not directly working at the company now. Maybe uh, they haven't revealed who it is, but basically that it might have been like a contractor kind of scenario who we don't know. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I know. I don't know the finer details of what the actual story is, though. Yeah. Josh, do you, what's your, I mean, you were quiet on this whole thing. Like, I know you're, so Josh, I actually have a question for you. I know you're not big on spoiler. I've known you for a long time, and you're like, oftentimes you'll joke with us, guys. There's no such thing as a spoiler, and this and that. Do you look at this differently, or do you just look at it like, well, I'll try and avoid it, and if it's spoiled, who cares? 
Um, I've not looked for it or cared if anyone talks about it. I have gotten a good kick about, like you said, all the offended edgelords. Because, <laughs> oh no, it's woke. Um, which always brings me immense joy. Um, I love that too so much. Yeah. Doesn't that mean we're probably going to like it? And No, it just means <laughs> that people are mad because the game had something to say. Yeah. Which is a really stupid stance to take. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I don't get that. When somebody says it's woke and they're angry, I'm just like, what? Is, so there's a derogatory term. Like, what is the derogatory? Like, you, guys, uh, you guys realize Ellie was gay before, right? I'm like, this, is this news to you guys? Yeah, like, blowing their minds, Josh. Like, established so as gay in the main game, and then driven home a little bit more in the expansion, the Left Behind expansion. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Anyway. Well, um, actually, playing the main game, I. I wouldn't. I I guess I only I don't knew think that from it's the overt, I don't think it's overtly expressed, but there there is like I, I do want to say there is stuff there to suggest it, and then the Left Behind expansion just confirms yeah. it by actually establishing that relationship. She in that scene in the car where she pulled out the magazine. That's all it took. One disgusting wiener. And she's like, I'm done with these things. Well, Left Behind know. takes place before. Oh, does it? Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. I need to, you know what? That would be a good time filler to for me as I wait for that because I never played that. that yeah. Left, yeah, yeah. You should not, play uh, it. it. You could beat it in one sitting. You should absolutely yeah. play it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, I've just been surprised. There was a really good comment we had. I was gonna lead with this, but I thought it'd be more interesting to lead with the the letter and some other stuff. But somebody had a good comment that I don't. Again, I don't think all of these apply to everyone. Like people like Rich that I know who he is. He doesn't mind spoilers, but I he's not like some... You'll see what I mean when I read this. I don't think this applies to you. This is from a chomper. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, G. Magno. And he says... Uh, G. Magno, 1985. Yeah, I suggest we just... Um, let me back up again. I apologize. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the vast majority that saw or read on purpose... Whatever leak happened are truly not interested at all in the game or have no idea what the series is about. If someone is unsure of buying the game and then proceeded to read spoilers in order to be swayed on this decision, then that person has no idea what the game is really about. And I think that there there is some truth to what he's saying. Most of the people I would imagine that are pursuing these leaks, uh, not including you, Rich, have to not really have that much of an investment in the... I don't necessarily think so. Tell me why. Go ahead. I think there's a lot more people like me than most people realize. Where I, I, I have plenty of friends who are in the same mindset. It's just like I've I've never given a crap about spoilers. You could tell me every twist and turn of a film ten minutes before I go to watch it, and it's not going to affect my enjoyment of it whatsoever. Yeah, because I like my appreciation for a piece of content is not so shallow. As to and I oh, sound like an, I sound damn. like an, I sound like an asshole saying this, but I I feel like if you truly believe that knowing the the end of something or like a big reveal is going to suck every bit of joy out of experiencing something for you, then you kind of have a shallow appreciation of it. What about the opposite? Or it's Game of Thrones. Th- those are the same thing. <laughs> I I'm not even gonna touch that, Josh. Uh, this. <laughs> But then what about the Josh, opposite? we're like, saying the I, same thing. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. known Shay my whole life, and he is the most adamant person I've ever met as far as avoiding spoilers. And I know you're not calling him shallow. No, no, no. Um, I mean, like, I totally understand wanting to have uh, 
those highs and lows preserved for you and like enjoying the hell out of that because there's something to be appreciated there. But I feel like if that sucks every bit of drive you have to experiencing experience that content from you, then the content couldn't have been, you couldn't have liked it that much to begin with or it couldn't have been that good to begin with. Yeah, and I think I would agree there actually. Um whenever I've been spoiled on things cuz I've I remember during season 7 of Game of Thrones, funnily enough that Josh is mentioning that that I had some people on my Facebook that were actively spoiling it as soon as they watched it. And one of them was a former friend of mine. Uh, this is not why we ended our friendship, obviously. But... <laughs> I was really hoping it was. <laughs> Damn! No, 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 was... <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what you did, Neil. <laughs> no, but I, I asked him, I was like, dude, why are you spoiling this? And he's like, I think it's funny. I think it's funny to spoil things for other people. And... Is he the Joker? Know, apparently. Uh, I don't... I still watch Game of Thrones, obviously, and I was still very much invested, despite him having spoiled some things for me. It didn't, it didn't lessen my enjoyment of the medium, but it altered the way I would have thought about it. And I think that's the biggest thing that I think about in my daily life. And maybe this is why spoilers bother me so much, is because I actively, weirdly enough, I was thinking about this the other day, I actively have to fight the urge sometimes to just get to the end. Like sometimes when things are, and this kind of speaks to what you're saying, Rich, sometimes when I'm like watching a YouTube video or something, I want to know the result before, like almost immediately. Like it's a 14 minute video and I'm like, come on, like this could be truncated into two. I'm the same way with porn (laughs) right to the money shot. (laughs) (laughs) okay uh at least you're honest i and i just think like this could be truncated down and i think to myself you know like why am i in such a rush to get to the end sometimes i remember and this is you know this is gonna be funny like this is a confession here i used to work at hastings which is like this entertainment store and i worked there when the last harry potter book was gonna come out and I remember we, we were having this big Harry Potter party. Uh, everybody dressed up, myself included. We were serving all these drinks and stuff. And I went to the back. And they were, obviously, we already had the books in stock. And I pulled a book out of the box. And I was like, should I do this? And I went to the back page. And I read the last line. And I, I actually spoiled, I spoiled the last Harry Potter book for myself and the last, and I'll never forget this. Like I remember this. And so he vividly. lives happily ever after. That's exactly well, pretty much identical to what the ending three words said. Like the last sentence, three words said, all is well. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget spoiling that for myself. And I remember. And, and now no one who is not caught up on Harry Potter will forget it either. That's right. If we put the episode title I want, then everybody's going to be realizing Red Harry Potter is going to be pretty mad. <laughs> yeah, right? But I just remember that feeling that in some way I kind of deprived myself of going on the emotional journey with them. Like, part, part there are many facets to a story, there are many different aspects of a story. And when something is spoiled, Essentially, you're taking some 
thing away from that emotional or mental aspect of that journey. Some people, their opinions are easily influenced by others, which is why spoilers can be bad for those people. Some people aren't, like Rich and Josh aren't. Um, and that's fair. Like, we're all different. Um, some people, they're more empath uh, empathic. And so when something is spoiled, then part of that emotional journey is either taken away or the emotions of the other people, and this is what makes it empathic, are in, you are influenced by those emotions, and then you take that with you into the story. So if I watch a video spoiling a game and this person didn't like the game, maybe I go into the game, not me specifically, but general, maybe I go into the game and I'm like, yeah, this part fucking sucks because this other guy said it. And I, I don't think it's fair to, and I'm not saying this is what anyone here is doing, to shit on someone for not wanting to get spoiled because they're a little bit more easily influenced. Uh, I think that's reasonable. And that's why I've never liked spoilers. And I, I try my best to avoid spoilers within a you know reasonable time frame. Like, obviously, I just spoiled the end of Harry Potter series, but it's, been 13, it's been 13 years. So I... And I, like, I feel like it's been longer. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Maybe that for me that comes from a place of like uh, luxury. Like I was able to read that book right away. Maybe there's still some people out there in the world who haven't read it and they've meant to get around to it, and they listen to this podcast and like, "Fuck you, Shay." You know, I'd feel guilty about that. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, I'm gonna be really depressed if I ever get around to reading those. Knowing I know I was exactly really how hoping, it ends. <laughs> I was really hoping it wouldn't all, all be well. well. Well, okay, so there's a lot to unpack there, but I, I think you made a lot of good points, Shay. I Look, I feel like it goes both ways. I feel like Rich is cheating himself of that experience. Um, I'm not. However, I do believe that some people are just, they have a, a, a desire to just know how something occurs that's so strong. Like, sometimes when I'm playing a game, I will have a desire to know how it's going to end that's so strong that I just I've pushed through it quicker than I normally would and I get that moment and then I might go back and kind of savor it as I go because I don't want to sit and dink around with all these side quests or whatever. I need to know what the fuck happens as soon as possible. Well, Morgan, if I could just say real quick, the main thing for me is, and I think Shay made some good points that a lot of it does have to do with how you enjoy uh, those things. And for me, the highs and lows are less about um, the actual bigger plot beats and more about how those are woven together and kind of told, which is why I think knowing the outcome doesn't really detract for me. Well, but wasn't the last of us leak fairly detailed in, in far as the breakdown? I, I, I didn't watch all of it. What I should say is like, I read up on some of the bigger plot beats um, and more so than looking for like, how does this end? What are the resolutions? I was looking to see if the story was going the places that I thought it was going to go. And I watched um, a little bit of the video footage. Mostly okay. I watched that so I could be like, oh, yeah, this is definitely 100 percent The Last of Us 2. Like, I don't see how anyone could doubt that this is you legitimate. want to make sure it was legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't yeah, see yeah. how anyone could watch that and doubt that it's legitimate. That's fair. And one one thing I wanted to comment comment on specifically, Morgan, that you just said is and this is being your friend for 10 years. I've noticed that sometimes. Because you want to have dialogue about the games that people are playing uh not just with in our group of um hosts here but 
like the media is talking about, sometimes you go to devour a game and you're approaching it from having this, this ability to talk about the game. You want to be able to be in the conversation that I think for you personally, there are times where you forget to just actually sit down and enjoy the game. You get so, because you have a limited amount of time, you have a family, you have things in the business that you're taking care of. You have all these other things going on that sometimes I, I personally feel like you power through a game to have a conversation about it. And it isn't you, the only person you aren't the only person in the world who does that. So we all approach media in different ways. Some people watched Tiger King because they genuinely wanted to enjoy it. Other people watched it because they wanted to be a part of the conversation. Same goes with anything. Um, and that's why I think spoilers are really important to avoid because we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, if I were to, if I were to tell Josh and I were talking about Final Fantasy seven the other night and it was so hard to actually, it was hard to actively avoid spoiling the game for him because I'm so excited to talk with him about it. But if I tell him my version of what I saw happen. I don't know. I probably wouldn't, but I don't know if it's going to entirely influence the way he experiences it. If someone had spoiled that ending of this game for me, it might have influenced my opinion slightly. Um, and I that's fought so I, hard that's to not talk, tell you things about it, Shay. Dude, I get it. I like the thing. This is exactly what I told Josh Rich. I remember you and I were talking about it in WhatsApp. And, um, you were like, dude, it's so hard not to say anything right now. And I was like, it must be really interesting. And then when I finished it, I was like, fuck, I want to talk about this so bad with Morgan and Josh, because it's going to be such a good conversation and it's killing me that I can't talk about it with them. So I totally get it now, but yeah, I just, I feel like it's important. Yeah, it's, I think it's important to clarify like you're saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that the way Rich is consuming it is somehow wrong. But I mean, let's play devil's advocate on both ends here. I don't think there's a wrong way to consume a game. Like that's not your anyone's place. That you know what I mean. Like in in consume it the way you enjoy it. Well, but, well done is a bit much. I I, mean, I like to go medium. All the flavor's well. gone at that point. The restaurant won't do less than medium now. I know. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I get your point, but that's that's not really what I'm saying. If we're if we're being honest, think about think about the twist. You know, some of this a lot today. The twist in Bioshock. If I had known that twist and read about it or whatever, there was this. It didn't. It wasn't some shallow thing. It was this intense buildup and this holy fuck moment with oh. um, Andrew Ryan. That's one of my favorite and, fucking. Dude, I totally forgot about that twist where it's a game. The whole game is an advertisement for Biofreeze um, for your car. Yeah, I totally forgot mm-hmm. about that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I love Bioshock so much. Um, and, uh, and knowing the twist doesn't ruin it. It, yeah, no, it, not at all. That I, that holy shit factor that we all felt that I know our listeners listening probably remember would have been gone. It it would have absolutely ruined it. Not the game no, necessarily, it really but wouldn't have. But how do you know? Did you ruin it beforehand? You're ta- you're I'm saying sure something. I did. It wouldn't have ruined it you for me. Remember? Like I, I discovered. No, I don't it. remember, but I'm sure I did because that's all anyone talked about for years after that game. Yeah. So I'm 
sure it was ruined. I also don't think it would have ruined it for me at all. Like and I played maybe it very that just speaks time, to the so. different way. Maybe that speaks to the way Morgan and I consume things, and even I Morgan and I have kind of like a separation there versus how you guys, like everybody, absorbs things differently. I want like when I when I see those moments of shock, like they truly shock me, and I look I I don't actively look for those, but when they happen, I love those moments, and if those moments are spoiled for me. It it absolutely affects how I view it, and yeah, unless you're that's, saying that's you would how not I consume feel, things, unless they're saying they would not feel shock or excitement in those moments, I don't understand the case for well, waiting. The shock and excitement are not what is like the the eye for me. Like even knowing it, I care less about like the oh what what not of left field turn than whether like the moment still hits for me as long as it's executed well. If the story it feels is good, good, it's going to be good whether you know where it's going or not. It's different. It's. I'm not saying it's not, not actually to me. a good, good point, Josh. No, I'm not saying it's not. Because otherwise, it would only ever be worth watching one time. Once, yeah. But Bioshock is still, no. I played it many times over. Why would you feel that it's only worth watching one time? Because, because you're saying the entire high comes from the shock. I'm not. I'm saying for me and Shay, there's a, no, that's 100% the opposite of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there's an extra high. Me and Shay are getting an extra high that you guys aren't getting. We're getting the same high from the knowledge of the game, the well, buildup, the, the story. Hold on. We're okay. getting all of the things you guys are getting, but we're also getting that extra, <gasps> holy shit, on top of it, the cherry well, on top. You guys aren't getting that. Well, maybe you are, but... I'm not really getting that in the first place either way. Like that does nothing for me is what I'm telling you. That's why I don't care about it being spoiled because that's so going to tell me that knowing Andrew Ryan, but you didn't know it beforehand, it would have done nothing for you. You'd have been like, Oh, okay. It wouldn't have been this amazing like revelation that changed the way I felt about the game. But how do you know? Because you, you didn't, did you look it up beforehand? No. Do you remember that specific example? Yeah. I remember that specific example. I love Bioshock. I don't. Okay. So, <sighs> Do you remember if it was a surprise for you or not? Yeah, the first just, time just, I played it, it was a surprise for me. Okay. So, I know there was no like sh- like a shock factor that wowed me to my core because I didn't like have to put the controller down and take a walk around the block to cool down after. Like, well, I get, you know I get, what I mean. I, no, no, I get what you're saying, but what I'm trying to explain to you is like I know the way I enjoy content, and what I'm saying is having something like that spoiled for me, it takes nothing away from me. I get what you're trying to say, but you're trying to like. I'm glad that you get more out of it by having that. I'm telling you I don't, and you're telling me there's no way that can be true, and I don't understand yeah. that. Well, yeah, because I feel like I, you're telling me surprise. I feel like you're you. trying to tell me how to feel. No, I, well, well, here's why, Rich, and this is for Josh. I'm not that's not, no, that's not fair. What I'm saying is that you're basically telling me that surprise does not work for you. You're saying that does surprise does not no. have an effect on me. I, I don't think that's what they're saying. I think you guys are like saying something very similar up to a point and then obviously there's a divergence i think that what they are saying is basically if the whole entire story is predicated solely on that twist being good then it's not a good story and the twist yeah it, yeah. it shouldn't matter it shouldn't matter like whether heavy or not rain, it's spoiled for because that's not a that's not a good twist like if your whole yeah. your whole entire art is uh hinging on one simple moment then it's not good art. That would be, to me, not identical or even a great comparison, but a slightly adjacent comparison. If your whole joke, like a five-minute buildup, is predicated on like a racially insensitive, uh, uh, what's what's the word? Uh, 
the jokes. How did I just stereotype or what? I'm no, not no, sure no, what no. Like for. the 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 crux of the joke, like the punchline. Everything, the, everything hinges punchline. Thank you. I don't. How did I forget the word punchline? Eh, if, it, it happens. If your whole five minutes setup of your joke and the joke is predicated on like a racially insensitive punchline, it's not a good joke. And I think that's kind of what they're saying here. And I kind of think that you're kind of saying the same thing, Morgan, is that like when you're in a good story and like all these things are happening and then this incredible twist happens, you've kind of ruined that good story that's been built up and then the twist that came out of nowhere. And I agree with you there. And what I think this is where the divergence is, uh, Rich and Josh are saying, if that good story is there, whether or not it's predictable, because sometimes twists are predictable and sometimes they're completely unpredictable, it doesn't matter if they're spoiled because you have that whole good story, whether it's a movie, whether it's a game, a book, whatever the case may be, you've had just this amazing story already there. And the twist, yeah, the twist is great. Like, that's awesome. And whether or not you expected it, it's still a great twist because the whole story is there backing that up if the story's good it's good and it it doesn't need me to to like hinge on my shock and awe to carry it i but and i agree i think think there's a similarity in what you guys are saying there yes and like i was saying Mm -hmm. that at no point am i saying it's reliant on that twist for enjoyment but like if i were to make the the larger case here i think this explains what i'm saying better um, like author's intent. Like if you think about the people creating The Last of Us, they're designing the game to be experienced in a way so that as you're going forward, the information they're giving you, the gameplay, sort of builds up to these moments and even knowing the beforehand can, uh, say, mucky the waters a little bit if you believe in experiencing things the way the author's intent, right? If, you're, if you want to take this art as the way Naughty Dog wanted you to experience it to get the most they believe out of, for the impact, uh-huh. then you would start from the beginning without any prior knowledge as much as little as possible and you would go forward with it right sure but uh, again just the way i consume games like none of that matters to me and also like, that yeah, premise and, doesn't and, even work because who are they to say whether or not someone has talked to you bef- about it before like they're going to put a blurb about the game on the back of the box like there's no like there's no going into it cold not really yeah not completely but that's the game you chose to buy the game um it does it doesn't just happen to you um that's that's what i'm saying though josh like do you if you want to trust the art they the art is intended to be experienced a certain way that's what i'm saying otherwise that's why the the beginning starts at the beginning you know it's it's well it always falls to me like what you're thinking of almost is like the whole like don't judge a book by its cover well to a degree you should because that's what covers are for well, right. this, this last thing I'll say, and then I'll show because I know Shay wants to jump in there, and I don't want to take the whole room. What I'm saying is, there's nothing wrong with consuming the book however you want, which <coughs> reading at the back, mm. um, ripping the cover off, whacking off on it, whatever you want to do. What I'm saying is that <laughs> that last one's iffy. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what kind of book it is, right? What I'm saying this is that this book gets the money shot. You are choosing to enjoy it the way you want to. Yeah, yeah. But sure. I believe that. The best way to enjoy art would be the artist and the the way the creator wanted it to be experienced to get the full value from it. I mean, you I'm still I, play, playing the game start to finish. I think but, if that were the case, then no one would watch Cats or Rocky Horror. True. 
watching also, it completely opposite the way the author intended has a lot of value. It's but that's different value. I'm not so you guys keep twisting what I'm saying around. I'm not saying there's no value. I'm saying it's different. The experience Rich is having looking up that information online, absorbing it that way, hypothetically, and knowing that as he starts the game, let's well, say he sees a clue. Like if you know Andrew Ryan, let's say you know the Andrew Ryan twist and you start Bioshock. As soon as you start getting the conversations from Atlas or whoever, right? You're gonna enjoy that game in a different way because you're picking up on the clues, knowing what happens. There's an enjoyment if there. If anything, right? yeah, that adds an enjoyment. To me. Well, that's that's your opinion. What I'm saying is it's a different form of enjoyment that's not the author's intent. That's all I'm saying. Well, why do I have to enjoy it through the author's intent? You don't have to, but what I'm saying is that I tr- I feel like if someone creates something, I trust them to... Uh, I, I would take their advice on how to consume it. You know, it's there's um, no one telling me how to live. I'm just... Enjoy things the way I want to enjoy them is the way I'm going to kind of look at it. Like, I get what you're saying, and that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, well, Naughty Dog came out and they said that we think this is the best way for you to enjoy it. Just try to stay away from spoilers. Muted and blocked. And, and, and you're <laughs> saying, no, I'll enjoy it how I want to. And I'm not saying your way is wrong. I'm just saying mm. it's a very different experience. It's like it's no, not a fair. pure experience. For I get, you're saying it's worse. You've, I got to jump. You've, 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 you've talked around saying it's worse about I'm trying to be polite. Times. I'm just trying to be polite. Yes. I'm, I'm not going to tell you it's worse. I don't like. That's because you're uh, a coward. I love you more. It's not worse. It's just a degenerate, filthy way to do a thing, Rich. Uh, I love stop you Morgan, it. I, what I think I, you're doing is wrong. I, is that think I think it's disgusting. I love you, Morgan, but I think you're backtracking on exactly what you're saying. Like you said initially that I think that art should be enjoyed to the author's intent. And now you just kind of backtracked and said that's not what you're saying. So I'm a little confused on there on what you're trying to say. Like... Because I don't know which one it is you're trying to say. I think there's a happy middle ground in there. But here's one thing I do want to say about that is I feel like fucking Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman all of a sudden. Um, (laughs) With author's intent, I think the reason why art is created is because it's supposed to move beyond the artist. There should be a separation there. Like, I should be able to listen to Kanye West's music and enjoy it, but not like Kanye West as a person. And that, for me, is always going to be... In my swimming pool. Sure. Uh, (laughs) That, to me, is always one of kind of like the definitive answers there to that question of enjoying art, but not the artist. And I feel like when when you follow art that an author has a predetermined intent to enjoy... That's a unique experience, but it also is a very narrow-minded experience. I should be able to listen to a song that has lyrics. And for me, clearly it could be about like a relationship, but it also could be about grieving the loss of a loved one. It could be about uh, grieving the loss of self. I want to be able when I, the art that I enjoy the most is the art to where I can take my own life experiences and meaning and then weave it into there. Um, and so when you, when you have art that is enjoyed very, one very specific way, I think it kind of circles back and parallels to the whole, you have this kind of mediocre story, but this amazing twist, it's very one note. And if the artist wants you to enjoy that very one specific way, it's a very one note thing. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a good thing either. That's just the way that art is enjoyed. Um, that's kind of where I think 
most people would find themselves kind of like in the middle there. But the other thing I wanted to say real quick, and then I then I will shut up because I've been talking a lot this episode, is I was thinking about this as you guys were talking about it. When people do like predicting shows or like they're in forums predicting what's going to happen next, like, oh, I think that Ellie's going to do this in The Last of Us 2, or I think that uh, Joel is going to show back up. Isn't that in some way, shape or form kind of spoiling what's going to happen? Because you're not going into it without any like preconceived notions. But only you're going if you're into right. It one, you're going wondering, ooh, was this person's prediction actually correct? Was my prediction correct? Like, was our think tank of ideas, are they going to come to fruition? You know, and I feel like that, that in some way, shape or form is um, shaping your experience of what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's com- I don't think you can expect it to be completely pure, for sure. But I mean, I guess just kind of pure do what you thing can. is what's that's the issue. Pure you is keep not the right bringing word. that up. There's no such thing. Um, and Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like, so we're gonna have a beekeeper on even next week. even if you experience the thing exactly how the author wanted. There's no way that it's the same experience because you both have a different life story up to that point. Um, I mean, as far as experiencing it the way it exactly the way it's intended there is a place for that but it's not a better thing it's just a thing i mean i think probably the best example of this is fashion shows none of those clothes ever end up on the street that's just they they're made specifically for a certain you know place and time flashy yeah it yeah. it is its own experience and like if you you know stumbled into the dressing room and saw them without the particular attitude that the designer wanted um or hanging on the racks it's not the same thing um but also that doesn't spoil the experience of seeing the show um well there, i agree there's, there's, yeah, there's room yeah. for both but the i i i'm never going to the idea that there's only the only right way to see something is to not have any idea going into it how is the author even supposed to say that's he doesn't he would be the least fucking qualified person to make that decision because they're the one who has spoiled the whole thing for years during the process of creation like so that eliminates anyone was going to say that that was the replay. correct way to watch it it would have to be, you know, somebody else, like a critic after the fact, like, oh, no, you should see this without having it spoiled beforehand because the person making it is not qualified to say whether or not that's the best way I, to to enjoy it. So you don't believe that the well, I, some of what you're saying, I agree with, but not all of it. But so you're saying the person who created the art is not qualified to tell you the best way to enjoy it. No, that's I don't know that. Well, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, because well, I mean, like, what he's saying is, if you're, we go off what you're saying, that the only way to enjoy it is through the way the author inte- like this unspoiled scenario. Then the author of the content would be the least qualified person to make that judgment well, because they know every. Be- How could they know what experiencing well, it in pure joy would even be? That, that's fair, but this is the thing I want to be clear. If you look, if you listen, sometimes I think you guys are pigeonholing me into these absolutes. And I think that there is the nuance here for me is I'm not saying it's the only way I try to, I was trying to be very clear in that I feel like it is the preferred way 
to get closer to what the artist wants you to experience. Well, it is not the only way. You could okay. you can do it Rich's way, Josh's way, a mixture of, of guessing before you go into it. I just feel like the the closest way to get to what the author believes is the better experience is to just avoid as much as you can and and play it through. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, get what I you're don't saying. think most authors even think that. So Yeah. Well, then why would Naughty Dog be like, yeah, try and stay away from spoilers. The game will be out soon. PR. PR. Damage That's, control. That is absurd. That is absurd. So you don't believe that the people that create the art care about the... That's a person-to-person basis. That's like Yeah, I, didn't, I definitely didn't say that. I don't think it's every artist. Because, sure, some of them probably think that, oh, it has to be exactly this way. Um Let's put it this way: If we, if I wrote a song with like when me and Shay were in a band, and somebody was like, "Yeah, I jumped to the end, dude. That um, I didn't listen to the whole song, but I jumped to the back half, and that that outro was pretty badass. Good stuff, man." I'm like, "No, the outro was a careful buildup of all of this information that you just jumped right. I wanted you to ex- well, look. You're also using intro. yourself as the example. What we're saying is, well, you, and also, song's that, a very different thing. Well, but I, no, okay. Look, what, what I'm I, saying, I, well. As we go around this room, we're all just giving our opinions. So, of course, I'm giving myself as an example. What I'm saying is, as no, the creator, I feel like I, I made that song a certain way, and I feel like I wanted it to be interpreted that And if someone yeah. told me they skipped to the end, as the creator of that song, I would be upset. I'd be like, oh, you like the song? And then I'd turn around and go, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you maybe that's just me. used crappy headphones or... Or yes. If, or if well, maybe one of Josh, their ears were bad, so they didn't really hear the stereo well, mix Josh, the way you really intended it. You're an audiophile, Josh. Wouldn't you be mad if someone, like, you're very particular about how you concern certain forms of art as well. Like, don't you see the value in experiencing things a, a certain way in that regard? No. Um, for a few reasons. First of all, there's almost, there's almost no authorial intent preserved there anymore. Um, because they wrote the song one way generally a producer had their way with it at some point yeah, between them writing the song and it getting to you i mean you listen to any of the old beatles stuff and there's so much fullness of sound there that was added that just was not in the original compositions same thing with stuff like um like old black sabbath stuff got produced to the point where it's almost unrecognizable. Um, so I, I don't think there's a lot of authorial intent and also ignoring the audience is ridiculous. The whole thing is made with the intention that an audience is going to listen to it, going to watch it, going to consume it in some way. If you have a really particular way that you make a certain recipe, but someone's allergic to it, you change the recipe to suit them. Like, it's not... It is not just this completely pure thing. Oh, I made it. It is untouchable for now and all time. Um, Like, it has to be approached from different angles for it to... I mean, think about the things... Think about the art that has stuck with us as long as it has. It's... It is the public domain stuff that we have taken and remixed and done everything else with the story has become a monument, but not because it has to be 
like I don't know many people who have actually even read Frankenstein. But everyone yeah. knows Frankenstein. Man was the real monster. Yeah. Um No, that was a that was an interesting analogy, Josh, because I I feel like you know, I haven't really thought about it in this context that like maybe spoilers in certain scenarios can be good. So let's say, for example, let's not let's pretend there's this hypothetical game and there's this borderline rape scene in the game. And, you know, there are gamers out there, men and women who have been raped and some may have PTSD from that scenario. And there's this game. And let's say let's even say it's like the second or third installment of this IP franchise. And they put this, you know, controversial scene in there to, you know, jar the players to prove a point that, you know, like rape is bad. And they make it graphic, not, but not overly graphic to kind of prove a point here. Mm-hmm. If if someone who has that PTSD for that traumatic event goes to into that game with absolutely zero knowledge of that, then it may trigger like a PTSD event. And that's obviously not what anyone would want. So maybe in certain scenarios, spoilers can be good because exactly what Josh's recipe analogy is saying, if someone's allergic to something in that recipe and they have no knowledge of that recipe, and then they're sent to the hospital. Like, that's an issue, obviously. That's like a physical trauma. And, like, in my example, that would be a mental, emotional, and probably even physical trauma there. Um, I think that's a really great analogy. And to go back a few steps, Morgan, I think I mostly agree with what you're saying to a point because you and I are closer in regards than I think Josh and Rich are. But I think the thing that separates you and I is like, a lot of these a lot of these points are made um and i think you have more of like a black and white approach to them where i have just this very i i'm a little bit closer to black and white than gray but i also think that a lot of these scenarios are can be looked at with a gray approach in that like there's so many factors here and so to just be like no this like absolutely takes from the enjoyment this takes from the artist's intent i can't fully agree with that but i don't i don't disagree with it either i think that i think that's the beautiful uh, the beautiful thing about art is like some art can be spoiled and still stand the test of time other art and it's not bad art can't withstand that spoiling um for example fight club um i think fight club is a solid story and if you spoil that it kind of ruins the entire experience um the sequel comic already did that you don't need to the spoil <laughs> oh, dude, i never that. even i never even considered that but if you want to think fight club's really dumb go read the sequel comic and ruin it for yourself <laughs> yeah i well, don't yeah they're the only example i i i get what you're saying shane i think we are closer there um the only thing i would respectfully disagree on briefly and it was just that if it's a content thing like you were like the example you're using normally games will give you an, a, a warning ahead of time film as well if there's something graphic that could be triggering so like Ed, to use josh josh's allergic analogy like the only thing that you'd be like oh yeah are the bigots allergic to homosexuality is that what they're going to be mad about like if yes you ask them things, yeah <laughs> if 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 it's a content thing you 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 need to give your audience a warning and most people do that 
And um, I, the only thing I could see being alert, like I just, I'm trying to think of an example of something that you'd want to, like he was saying, if someone's allergic to something in the meal, you cook around it. I don't think, I can't, can't think of anything they'd create in their art that they'd want to cook around for I, someone. You know what I mean? I, I, I still think that's well, a one-to-one example though. That because they, it, like there are things, there are foods that oh, have okay, allergy sorry. warnings. And then there are yeah. games that have, like you're saying, rape warnings. Like it's the same thing, but al- allergic reactions still happen in food because sometimes people don't read the label or they don't see the warning. And I still think it's the same thing for for that game analogy. There are going to be people that miss that rape warning, you know, in that example, obviously. That, I think they, I think artists do create around those situations more than you're saying. I mean. Games have been, they used to not be, but now they're localized. We try to make them work for everyone. Like, obviously, like that's, you know, just translating for so, so somebody can actually understand it is. But the, translations used to be more uh, like literal. Yeah, but, but not just that. Um, uh, Q&A is a huge part of game development to make sure that what the artist is trying to say does come across. Because we're going to have all these people play through it a bunch of times and find out if, oh, I kind of sucked at getting across what I was trying to in this one spot. So how can we improve that? There there already is a level of changing it so your audience can understand it built into the process. Um, Because your message doesn't do much good if nobody gets the message but you. Well, I, I do think I actually uh, what you're saying about Q&A, Josh, I do think is interesting because there is a segment of people that if they're testing the game um, will have I don't it depends. It's so specific, but they will have things ruined for them. They will experience the game. But there I still like to your point, Josh, and, and I think it works both ways. I, I agree with you. I guess I feel like the Q&A is more of like it's still part of the the creation process and those Q&A testers are just kind of not going to get what the author hopes to be the preferred. And again, I it's not black and white. I know I think maybe there's some lag when I was going into that when I was talking about it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think I believe especially when I see people like um Naughty Dog on Twitter saying that that I just feel like that is the preferred way, but it's very clear that you guys are like, "No, fuck you Naughty Dog. If I want to read it beforehand and I will enjoy it however <laughs> I want to." Yeah. And and I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. That's it's, it's really wrong. At the yeah. end. It's Naughty Dog <laughs> tweeted not to look at the spoilers, so of course I did that immediately. Yeah. I, I know, I know. See, and I'm, the, I'm the opposite. I get it. Like I I haven't seen any of them. But I also didn't see the Naughty Dog tweet because again I didn't go look in the first place. Like because I didn't care their opinion one way or the other about whether I saw the spoilers. So Also to be fair, I probably wouldn't have looked job. up the spoilers if we didn't do this show. <laughs> like I was like I want to know what I want to be able to talk yeah. about this maybe but that's the the one last thing I want to say about this situation is um and I will I you know I stand a lot more with Morgan on this I feel like it's a kind of a disservice in a lot of ways to look up the look up those spoilers and then shit on the game because not for naughty dog not even for like the main developers, I don't care so much about them. It's more like the people who have spent countless hours working on these games. Uh, clearly, they've been overworked because we know uh, Naughty Dog's penchant for o- overworking so, they work their for Naughty Dog. employees. 
But like the, their penchant for being overworked, probably underpaid because now the reports have come out that like they get these massive bonuses to kind of make up for the underpaid overworked hours that they get. Imagine that like you're working on a game for years. You're, you're working grueling, excruciating hours for a, a labor of love. You're getting underpaid. And then for some asshole to completely spoil what you've been working on for years. On top of that, you have edgelords on the internet shitting on it. And like, it's like, okay, I just spent years and granted you have a choice. I get that. I, I know some people are going to raise their fucking pitchforks and say, Shay, they have a fucking choice of what career path they chose. Yeah. We'll have some empathy. Yeah. That's, that's always that's what a I have shitty to say to you to there, go to be but like, they knew what they were just in for. Imagine that situation. Like, imagine that situation where you you are doing you are doing a labor of love and you are putting you're pouring hours into something you're trying to get this experience you're trying to do something you love and then like forums are just sitting there shitting on all the work that you've put into this game I totally get that and I I think that's kind of a lot of where you're coming yeah. from Morgan and I totally fucking get that like I couldn't imagine like if I, if, you know, let's say in five years from now, I get my master's degree. One of my nipples are hard randomly. I don't, I just felt my nipple and it was just like one? getting really hard. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> random like aside. room needs a little better uh, circulation if you're getting developer yeah, pain differential really across chest. <laughs> That's right. But well, um, chest, I'm getting yeah. frazzled here. But let's say five years from now, I'm working on the scientific, scientific paper and I have like this crew of people underneath me some like i leave my office for half an hour one of them accesses my computer and then just like leaks this information about this amazing discovery that we made and then people are like like edge lords on the internet are shitting on my um my data entry or something mm -hmm. like that and they're these people that don't really fucking understand how data entry works but i've been working on this for years and then just to read countless people shitting on me like i would be incredibly incredibly discouraged by that and yeah i didn't need the analogy there but i, I that's how i operate I, I like to make things relatable and i totally understand that point of you know like this, it's fucked up it's completely fucked up that someone did this and there's no there's no two ways about it like there's no two ways like it's it's a fucked up situation that shouldn't have happened and it did um, people are going to have their opinions no matter what. And I totally get that. And I, Morgan, I know you get that too. It just, it, it fucking sucks. Like, I don't mind that rich looked it up. That doesn't bother me at all. Like it, it's funny to me. Cause I could never do that. What bothers me is people looking it up either a going out there to spoil it for other people or b shitting on it because they haven't even experienced it. They've read chunks of it. They haven't. And even if it's the end, that's chunks. That's not the full thing. Like, what the fuck are you? Why are yeah. you judging an entire fucking art piece by seeing one fourth of the art? And that's kind of what Morgan's point was to begin with of the, the song is like, if I heard the first 20 minutes of the song and then I went to the end and I was like, well, it's a really good song. How the fuck do you know? You listen to one fourth of the song. Like, I don't even yeah. get why. Like, I don't even well, get that. I think I, and both of you have hit on this and I agree with you. The spoilers are not a substitution for the art. And for a lot of people, they're exactly. acting like it is. Exactly. Um, and that is not the case. Like, oh, I skipped to the end and heard the thing. That means you didn't hear the song. If you heard the end of the song somewhere and were like, oh, that's neat, and then listened to the song, 
well, you had the end ruined for you, but you listened to the song. Same thing with your, you know, paper analysis. Uh, basically, any news agency is going to read the abstract and then misinterpret what you're saying and then yes. put a bunch of headlines everywhere. Does that mean that they're actually interacting with what your, you know, paper was about? No, no, they don't have a clue of what's actually going on they there. They have no context. And in in that sense, yeah, you're like like we said before, I I got immense joy from all the edge lords, you know, who are already already talking about how horrible of a game the Last of Us 2 is going to be because of, you know, a game they won't play for another month and a half or a game they won't play ever. Like Well, yeah. Because of, you know, and and that cuz it's woke. I think yeah. that's why I feel fine reading the spoilers, because like Josh said, I totally agree with that. It's not a substitution for actually enjoying the game. And before I read or don't read that, I know it's in no way going to affect whether or not I'm purchasing the game. I already know I'm buying The Last of Us 2. It could tell me at the end, uh, Joel and Ellie turn into turtles and fly into space. And I'd be like, well, I want to see that happen. I so I got a lot of funny comments to read too, and we can get to those. I I do agree with that last thing, Josh. I think we all agree with the last thing you said there, uh, for sure. And that's why I started with the comment about um, that gentleman G Magno saying that he believes the vast majority that saw and read the leak are truly not interested at all. Not vast majority, not minority like you. I don't believe you to be the majority. Well, rich. Here's also the the reason I say that is because I, I think. I understand what he was trying to convey, but maybe didn't convey it as well as he had hoped because say the vast majority that read that leak or whatever, I don't think the people commenting and bitching about it are even the vast majority of people that saw the leak. That saw the leak. I think, yeah. I think there's more people like me who saw the leak went, okay, neat. And they're still going to buy the game and are still going to enjoy it. No doubt. No they're doubt. It's always Reddit the vocal posts. minority. It's always the vocal minority. And I get yeah. that. It just, yeah, I just, <clears throat> I, I like you can never get rid mess. of it. Like you can never get rid of it because like freedom of speech exists and it should. Um, and people are entitled to their opinions. I, I it's fair. even when they're wrong. Yeah, even when they're wrong, <laughs> when they're just horribly, horribly. I like wrong, speech. And I get it. I totally get I like it. But yeah, it just it it just fucking sucks. Like I empathize with like with the people who have created this game. And they had, they got caught in the line of fire, you know, like, um, shut the fuck up, Josh. <laughs> he types, oh shit, my mic's not plugged in, in the chat. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, I guess technically you are shutting the fuck up because your mic's not plugged in, but anyways, um, it sucks and I empathize with them and I feel for them. Um, I hope that people who whether they have or haven't read the spoilers um still who wanted to enjoy the game initially still go out and enjoy the game um don't judge an entire art piece on the limited perspective of what you've just been given i don't think that's fair well um, if those people are doing that they're fucking idiots anyway so i don't give a shit what they do oh <laughs> agreed 100% so mm-hmm. i mean it's like if you <laughs> Like fine, if you want to, ju- the pr- the problem is those could have been some extra sales for those hardworking employees. They could have squeezed some extra sales out of those dumb. Gotten fucks. some extra idiot money. Yeah, yeah, it, idiot money is important bucks. too. Unfortunately, it's worth the same amount as our money, 
which I think we should fix. Yeah. <laughs> the idiot, the, the idiot, yeah, we need to fix the economy. If idiot money we were worth money. less, Donald Trump would not be a billionaire. I think it's fairly safe to say he isn't anyway, but he'd be even less, less so. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first time I heard someone say billionaire in Animal Crossing, I was amazed I hadn't heard that before. Billionaire. Mm-hmm. People it's do cute. say it. Um, so we got a lot of funny comments. Let's read them. Let's laugh. Let's giggle. Let's, I'm going to go through these very quickly. I'll give you two giggles. Well, before we do that, can we talk about how inefficient it is to be rich in Animal Crossing? Yeah, it sucks being me. (laughs) Because you have a wallet that can hold about 28 bucks. Nothing? Yeah, yeah. Well, don't you bury all your money in the yard like me? (laughs) (laughs) That's how I teach my kid to bury her at money in Animal Crossing. That's what we do in real life. Daddy keeps his a couple hundred dollar bills under the trampoline. That's all I have. Um, so <laughs> we have, so can, let's see. So you can dig it up and pay for your medical bills when you, you fall <laughs> Sorry, and break your I, leg I, out there. I got that Rona. <laughs> yeah, actually, when the ambulance showed up, I just kind of dug my hands in the dirt and pulled out a couple 20s. And, yeah. Pull out some gold doubloons. <laughs> I hope that was going to cover me. Uh, that's something Dwight would do. He would hide all his money uh, in the underground at the farm. That is uh, a, a Ron Swanson move. Yeah, both of them, actually. There's a little Ron Swanson and Dwight and vice versa. Okay, uh, let's see. Billy Dwight, said it's just a disgrace, and I feel horrible for Naughty Dog. Digital Samurai said this is probably Microsoft hackers because their source code was jacked. <laughs> Whatever happened with that situation. That would be funny, right? Microsoft. Actually, it's... The game's coming out sooner anyway, so I don't see why Microsoft would really benefit from that. But. Hey. Yeah, no, the Microsoft fanboys have been funny out to think that way. fully out recently. Like, even, <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. They love that shit, yeah. They do. Mm. If The Last of Us means nothing to you, then this is just a big comical dumpster fire. So. That's true. Get, get a guy or woman or human being, whatever your preference is, that loves you as much as Microsoft fanboys love Xbox. That's the moral to this story. Love those shitty buttons. Glowwheel 300 says that's what I, they yeah, are trying. I don't know. I'd say go for somebody who's not going to throw you across the room in a rage. Unless you're into that. I am. Some, some people. <laughs> Anybody, if there are you across the room, Rich, that's an impressive specimen of a human being. How's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just I just mean that it would be impressive. No, explain. Um, <laughs> explain your thought process. Morgan's gonna now. Morgan's now gonna try and talk over it and completely ignore the hole he just dug himself. Listen, listen, man. I don't, my car's not a piece of shit anymore. I could drive to Montana and kick your ass. <laughs> I would love for you to drive to Montana. That'd be great. We have a good time. Now I could if I really wanted, if I had some time off. And really there wasn't a disease. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. We have some really gross strip clubs here. It'd Rich, be fun. how much would the Patreons and other people have to pay you to drive to Montana to beat the shit out of Morgan um, in this quarantine time? I already know. I, I wouldn't do it just because literally in some states they are stopping people and telling them, like, you got you to go back home. Also, oh, New York. Fair. I mean, that's kind of... Kind of after quarantine times, after okay. quarantine times, I'm open to having that conversation <laughs> over a weekend. Could you imagine getting stopped at a state border and they're like, uh, what are you doing here, son? I'm driving uh, to Montana to beat the shit out of my friend who was skirting around the issue of calling me fat. 
Okay, well, you know what? Uh, normally, we wouldn't let you cross state borders, but we're going to let you cross state borders this time. Just make sure you do it quickly, beat the shit out of them, and then drive mm-hmm. back as quickly as you possibly can. You First know what? Better don't yet, leave fingerprints. We're going to get this car parade. We're going to turn on the silence. We're going to escort you there. We're going to go 100 they miles They gave me the key hour. to the city. That's right. <laughs> First the of all. The key to the country. Rich is, is bulky. He's strong. He's husky. I would never say that about him. What are you <laughs> for talking some, about? For some reason, I thought you were going to like dispute about whether I could kick your ass. And I'm like, well, back up. I didn't say it was going to be a fair fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm coming at you with weapons. Um, oh, you distracted street me. God damn it. Um, this is Streets I, of Rage 4 in Morgan's yeah, house. Oh, God. My eyes, eyes actually hurt from laughing and making weird faces. Um, Real Tooch said, just release the fucking game digitally, for Christ's sake. They are! Great news! The best thing that happened this league... And physically. ...is that it's coming out, so... And I kind of honestly, like, this is... I'm not going to go into that heavily, but I kind of feel like they were holding on to this game for bullshit reasons, and I'm happy that it's really released. I could understand them wanting it to release at a time where they thought the physical sales would be more viable for the, the people who cannot get digital. Like, I get it. But I think it's gonna prove better that they do it anyway. Yeah, they just fucking you know do yeah. it. Well, I think oddly enough, this kind of not forced their hand, but it kind of ruined their only excuse for why not to release it digital only, which was oh no, we don't want to spoil it for people who can't get a hold of a physical copy. Yeah, I remember they said. Well, that. now it's. You know, spoilers it's, are out there. The spoilers are out there, so who cares? So, yeah, so that kind of, it's not as much of an excuse. Like, if somebody can't get a hold of a copy, then that's too bad, but they'll, they'll, they'll make it. I think they'll survive. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is kind of funny that delayed indefinitely went, you know, extra 20 days. <laughs> real indefinite delay there that's what happens um which and they came out i wonder if they were a little frustrated because they came out and said this game is done just logistical reasons we can't drop it i bet deep down they were like fuck we just wanted to release this damn thing but sony's like worried we're not gonna melt we're gonna sell six million instead of eight million or whatever it is you know well yeah i would bet you it was it was sony's hand that held it back not naughty dogs personally you know Hmm. i think i have the way that sony can curry some favor out of this situation and actually get back into the talks of the whole Sony versus Microsoft next gen because a lot of people have been ripping on Sony uh, for their lackluster uh, announcements of details and whatnot I have the perfect solution guys and this would actually send Morgan into cardiac arrest if this happened is if I don't know who the CEO of Sony is um, but let's say he comes out in this very succinct uh, teleconference, uh, this digital conference, you know, in place of E3, and he comes out and he says, "We released The Last of Us Two for June, and we did it for the Nookie, and then just mic dropped, and that was the end of the con- oh, I'd conference." I'd cancel my pre-order on the console. Yeah, you realize how many people would be like, "Oh my God, fuck it!" And I don't know, like three. Um, our Discord really says otherwise, Rich. You have not been in our dis- Discord ri- lately, and I'm telling you... It's been a stressful are, week. Here's, I'm not going to out a single person, but I'm just going to say... There, there are, are dozens of us, biscuits. Rich. Dozens! Dozens! 
<laughs> there are more Limp Biscuit fans out there than I thought. Like last week when we talked okay, about but it. How many never like, nudes are in our Discord? No uh none. That, I think there's dozens of them. Uh don't worry, I'll make some time this week to get in the Discord and yell at all of them. <laughs> hey look, man. As long as you're not afraid of what people think, there's a lot to enjoy there. If I <clears throat> if you... I cared about what people thought of me, then my life would be mostly the same because I do. <laughs> yeah, I well, didn't see that twist coming. Rich, one thing I'm going to say that you missed out in the Discord is uh, one of our patrons actually posted a link to the Streets of Rage 4 vinyl album signed. There were only 700 copies and they went on sale uh, for you in, this morning. Uh, as much as I would have loved that, I literally am not in a position to spend money right now. No, I know, I know, but like you would have seen that link and you would have looked at it and you would have been like, <laughs> like I am glad that I got that Final Fantasy one that Josh found for me before this was all over because goddamn, when we're done recording, I'm gonna show you guys that on on the cam here. It is it is gorgeous? Yeah, looking. I want to see it. Rich, when have you ever been in in a position to be purchasing all the shit that you do? Let's not pretend. Like two weeks ago. Now I, just, now I have a car payment and my insurance went up. Look, don't let those things stop you, Rich. I, I expect better of you. The rich I know would not be hindered by such By such things, things like rent and food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyways, I want to thank everyone who left a comment uh, that we read, whether it was for fun or we laughed at it. Um, the very, very last one that I was going to read, which also made me uh, kind of laugh about the situation, um, I started to read it. And then got interrupted. I apologize. Was a uh, glorial three. Oh, did you just go to the ending and spoil the whole thing? Uh, no, I was just letting somebody talk. For the record, oh, the proper way to listen to this podcast is to go right to the end. Go and, to the polls. Yeah, yeah, go to the polls and then start from the beginning. Um, Glolio 300 said that's what they get for trying to delay this shit twice. Now, that's a little mean. I don't think they deserved it, but I do agree that the delay, it was getting to the point where that, like, the hype was becoming ridiculous. Um, was it? I, don't... I think so. Maybe maybe not for people that, like you. But I was excited for the game, but I don't feel like there was an overwhelming amount of hype about it. it. Not because people don't like it, because I just think it was one of those things where it's like, oh, The Last of Us 2, yeah, it's going to be great. We don't really need to like overhype this or talk about it. We, it's, it feels like a known quantity to me, in a good way. Yeah, no I kind quantity. of agree. I've heard way more people frustrated that cyberpunk was delayed than that the last of us was oh well cyberpunk is hands down yeah that's the most anticipated game maybe ever so yeah well, well it's, it's easy to anticipate true. with a name that bad so well i love bad corny names and i yeah, bl- yeah so cyberpunk is a great name Nothing wrong with it, Josh. I think I think it's a great name for the same reasons Josh thinks it's a bad name. No, that's exactly. the important part it's, to understand. It's a great here. name in the same way that Final Fantasy is a great name because it's yeah. a fucking terrible name, but it's well, so yeah. terrible mm-hmm. that it's amazing at this point. It's iconic. Yeah. What can I say? Well, Rich, you do tend to think that a lot of bad things are good, so it kind of lines. You're up thinking with... of you. I like I like that insult because it was great, but it was also like something like if me and Rich were eight on the playground, like you like bad things, you'd be like, no, you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you are, but what am I? 
Yeah, teacher, he likes that stranding. All right, let's. Uh, Whatever let's you say on. bounces off of me and sticks to you like glue. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you idiot! Come on, Josh, jump in there. Yo, mama's so fat. Sorry, fat jokes aren't PC anymore. I yeah, apologize. no, his mama's gonna come <laughs> drive first, over there. First, you come after ass. my weight, and then you come <laughs> after Josh's mom. Yeah. No, I was. Your mama's so dumb. She thought a shoe know, size not, was her it's IQ. It's already. What? Yeah. Mm. She had that one on tap. God, Morgan, I, do, I was actually. I did not, I was trying to think of some other, <laughs> some other yo mama jokes that were not incredibly offensive. I was like, ah, oh, I had to pick my brain for that one for a few seconds. Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelled of elderberries. Man, Rich, you are just full of references today. <laughs> it's because he spoils everything so he can memorize it better that way. He digests it twice. Rich, can I just ask you, as we transition here to the games we've played this week, and again, if you want to support us here and all the crazy things you do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Patreon.com slash swordchomp. There's a ton of different tiers you can support us with. I'm going to talk about in just a second. What? It, couldn't you get this sort of... Um, the one thing I always ask people, and I, again, I'm not trying to launch us into a big, long thing again because we're basically done, is for the people that like enjoy, like just they don't mind the spoiler thing, couldn't you just like experience the game normally and then just play it again knowing what happened isn't that kind of the same thing i'm gonna do that either way okay so you're gonna spoil it then play it and then play in it fact again. but the funny thing is when you had that bioshock argument for me uh if anything i enjoyed bioshock more the second time because i could see how that that twist is earned even more so mm-hmm. i think we enjoyed them both and you can add you enjoyed it one way and enjoyed it the other way so, yes, okay, agreed. Uh, you like it both ways. Yes. But for the record, you didn't spoil Bioshock and look at the impact it had. Yeah, but like, I mean, I don't. All right, let's move on. <laughs> I was trying to think of the thing he says. Um, well, I mean. Would you kindly move on to the video games? He doesn't uh, say you, it so weird like that, but yeah, that's what he says. He says which, it with a Scottish accent. Would you kindly go to Patreon? That's your Scottish. Would you? Hmm. Does anybody do a good Scottish here? <laughs> shut, you shut your mouth, Josh. Would, would you kindly? I love missionary, and I'm not going to shame to admit it. M- Morgan, would you kindly transition into the next topic? I'm a missionary and doggy guy. That's actually no. The only way my wife can orgasm really is when she's on top. So. I was going to be like, <laughs> the only way my wife can orgasm really is when she's with another man. <laughs> those are my three. I'll go with those three for the rest of my life. I don't need anything I, I'm, else. I'm glad this has everything to do with the Patreon. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash swordchomp. If you, if you go there, we have a special $5 tier, for example, I want to highlight today. It's our VIP tier. You get access to a top secret Instagram page. And why is that so special? Well, this week alone... I got a ton of fun fan stuff that was made up, inside jokes for the show, videos. There's this rare clip, rare clips from the podcast that come up like jokes. Like tonight, I'm getting up. You, you see, we'll hear the people on the show. The people, you hear the people on the show. You're my friends on the show. Um, make fun of me calling me the AAA martyr, where you can see where that joke came from because I dug it out of a show and put it on the feet. And there's a ton of other stuff that I get up there like that as well. Um, we highlight patrons that join up because they basically become family. You name it. It's a really cool Instagram page. It's worth your five bucks. And on top of that, 
you get access to our Discord channel, which we were talking about earlier, is just a really lively place for us to chat with chompers and chompers to chat with each other and chompettes. So check it out. Patreon.com slash sword chomp, all sorts of great tiers. It is very much worth your time and money. I promise. I bet my life on it. And if I'm wrong, then I will kill myself. All right. So let's talk some video games here. Um, first and foremost, I have these all randomized, so like it's not like all one person's game at one time. This would be a lot of fun. Um, but I thought you guys would enjoy this discussion. I have gone back to play some Banjo-Kazooie, uh, which I know sounds really random. Not uh, random at all. But uh, Rich was holding up that Banjo-Kazooie vinyl that he got a couple weeks back. And I was like, man, Banjo-Kazooie. I, never, I have a strong affinity for like 90s rare games. Like I love... The 90s rare platformers are like some of my favorite games ever, which is um, crazy to me because that's like the 90s rare platformer to me. Really, Banjo? See, I so yeah. the 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 platformer would be Donkey Kong Country, but as far as 3D platformers go, uh, they didn't make. Did they make Donkey Kong 64? They had to. Well, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This, yeah, they did make Donkey Kong 64. I'm sorry. I misspoke when you said that. When you said yeah, rare, rare platformers totally. Uh, in terms of like um. Their 3D like collectathon games, like which falls into you know Banjo Kazooie and Donkey Kong. Uh, uh, fuck. Why Donkey Kong. Fuck. I haven't heard of that one. No. Why am? I, why can't I remember the name of the Donkey Kong 64? Is that um, like the, the Donkey Konga that came with the bongos? But Donkey Kong. Donkey Konga is amazing. The... Don't talk shit about Donkey Konga. Uh, <laughs> and Donkey Kong 64. Like to me, Banjo Kazooie is like the best of those. Like it, it is on par with like a Mario 64 to me. Whereas Donkey Kong Country does not, uh, Donkey Kong 64, rather, does not hold up quite as well. Well, it's interesting. Oh, wow. Wow. No, I agree. It does not hold up. So I still, I think it's a fun game still, but it does not hold up as well. You know what's interesting about it? It had some weird puzzles in there that were like a little too easy to even miss. Like, you, you could just, yeah, you could just. Yeah, because they were they were because of the whole multiple character thing about you know who could get places. It was yeah, there were a lot of things that like the puzzle was just you you slightly couldn't make a jump or something like that. Oh, and that but Lanky could yeah, but it's it's not something that stands out in your mind like a locked oh, door that yeah. oh obviously I need this character or something, and so it, you ended up with some like yeah. obnoxious stuff like that where yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because Banjo-Kazooie came out in 98 and Donkey Kong 64 was 99, so you'd think it would be better, technically. Um, Banjo-Kazooie when... feels tighter. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair because I have very limited 60, Donkey Kong 64 experience, but I, I'm sure you guys are probably on point there. I will say it's that... It's still good. It's still good. I, I wish they had remastered that, like, because, you know, look, Banjo-Kazooie is not... It still looks like a 64 game, but it's an HD remaster, so, like, it looks... Like, the textures are, like, nice and smooth. It's, it's still cleaned looks, up. Yeah. Yeah, it's clean ugly, which I like. It's, it's as opposed to, like, the blurry sort of washed-out 64 look if you were going with, like, the... If you had, like, a tr- the traditional console instead of... I was playing it on Xbox, you know, Game Pass, which is pretty cool that they have that rare replay thing on there with all those games. A lot of cool stuff on there. And Banjo-Tooie, the sequel... Which also gets less is talked about less, but I think it's just as good. Um, is available there also. 
I wonder if it's because, like, so that was right at the end, because if Stunk Kong 64 is 99, then I imagine Banjo-2, Banjo it was 2000, 2001, um, and it probably just got lost in that, as great as it was, maybe that, that new era. Switch. Yeah, I think it was a product of when it came out, is like it was almost sent out to die, but it's, I, I talked about before, one of my favorite sequences in Banjo-Tooie is there's a first-person shooter sequence where Kazooie is the gun, and they straight up lift the map layouts from Goldeneye. <laughs> that's that's great um that is really good yeah and you know what i what i admire the most about those 90 games is that they were able to churn out such amazing games within the time span that they did like this is, and granted there's you can split up teams and stuff like that but like i'm not joking it was donkey kong country 94 donkey kong country 295 donkey kong country 396 Banjo Kazooie was 1998, and and that's not even including Donkey Kong Country 64, 99. They had like seven games come out in like a, <laughs> half a decade. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, Diddy Kong Racing came out in 97. Dude, I love Diddy Kong Racing. I'm just looking at all the rare games. Yeah, yeah. But I'm assuming Rare was a big enough entity at the time. You know, it's it's a shame, Rich. I wish one day we could get you into a Sea of Thieves as much as we get into because that is a great rare game, and I know you didn't really get. The, I was only around at the beginning, which I think it's fair to say it was not anywhere near the game it is now at the beginning. Um, and I bounced off it hard. See, I liked it more at the beginning, but we we had we played it a lot together. Did you play it with people at the beginning? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I was playing, playing alone it at the beginning alone. was rough. Uh, yeah, there's just there wasn't a lot to do mm-hmm. at the beginning. It was. I mean, there's plenty to do, but the loop was identical every time. Like it was, it's more about having somebody else there to do it with. So yeah, random the, stuff the, happens because of everyone the, else. No, Josh is right on the emergent moments we had were like when one of our friends would forget he was steering the ship and we were jumping off and they were like, Hey dude, who's steering the ship? And it goes in a circle around us as we're swimming in the water. Just like um, random emergent things that were dependent on the way the game worked and us as friends so anyways it'd be mm-hmm. cool to, to get it in with you because i think that you'd really appreciate it but i i agree with you if i had played it alone i would have been bored out of my mind i'm sure so um anyways we're here to talk about banjo kazooie i just thought that was a fun i just really like 90s rare games a lot i just uh and i, I think it's important for context there but yeah so this game i didn't think i was going to get into it that much because i have this i know sometimes older games don't always connect with me um, but I always like to try them just in case, and I've uh, yeah, I've really loved it. I've uh, I'm like on like the fourth world. It's like a swamp, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of ukulele going on there. Um, it's uh, revert opposite of that. <laughs> There's a lot of banjo kazooie going on in ukulele. It's still, it's it's they're interesting because it's kind of a sluggish. It doesn't bother me, but the way this game feels, it has a sluggish feel to it. Like the way he moves is very slow and deliberate, almost very much like a big fat monkey. Who would have thought these people made Donkey Kong? Um, I was gonna say banjo's a bear, sir. But he's very, you know, the movement is similar. Even the way you float around, it's nice. You know, it's like having, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, God, I forgot her name. The girl. Donkey Kong girl. Dixie? Dixie. It's like having Dixie when you have uh, Kazooie on you because he can kind of float you everywhere for a little bit, you know? And they kind of took that that idea. I will say when I was younger, there was a Walmart that had Banjo-Kazooie set up in it, and it was always somebody failing to play the first area properly. So I remember that first zone so well. I never owned the game, 
but I remember that first area so well. It's like a big wide open area with not a lot in it, just a couple of like coins and stuff. Spiral, like that. Spiral Mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I was getting some nostalgia from it, which is kind of cool, just from like picking up the the dirty sixty four controller at a Walmart that was the like greasy. Do you and like nasty. um? Do you like a uh, sassy Kazooie? I mm, not no. See, I enjoy it, and I think also because of the time I played it, and one of my favorite like long running internet memes is like the redone shots of Banjo Kazooie, where uh, Kazooie's sassiness is just turned into her, her like cursing people out. Like they're like Banjo, tell them to shove it up their ass. <laughs> it's just it's nothing but that. It's just nothing yeah. but hers. Tell that bitch to shut the fuck up, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, that I see. I didn't. It's cool to kind of get that personality because Rare had that ability in the 90s to just say, hey, we want to make a classic game and make it like they didn't really have any whiffs. I mean, you could consider Donkey Kong Country 64 a little bit of a whiff, but it's still Donkey Kong. Like I would just they didn't really whiff and they sat even something weird like, hey, it's a bear and we'll put a bird on his back and there's going to be a big witch uh, that steals your sister. And it's just so ridiculous. I mean, even at that point too, think about like Rare had this pretty good cast of characters that like even like reflects in like Diddy Kong Racing where like Banjo and Conker show up in that game like they Oh, Conker's Bad Fur Day. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's also on Rare Replay. Fuck. Is that a good game? That I love Conker's Bad Fur Con- Day. Conker's Bad Fur Day was awesome. I to me that was like besides GoldenEye, that was the other game that was super fun in multiplayer because you would do like Basically, there were different things. There's like King of the Hill. There are different modes and stuff. And it was just so much to f- fun to like get three or four of your friends together and just play that game um, like arena style. Such a fun game. But yeah, it's very toilet humor. It's very juvenile humor, but it's an it's just a fun game. It's and, still fun. Yeah. Uh, Story wise, it's definitely going to be dated because that game released around the same time that the first Matrix movie released. So there's like a. There's a part in the story that uh, is imitating that Matrix scene very well, but um, no, like during that time, like we saw such an influx of action adventure games that we had all of these amazing characters. And this kind of actually speaks a little bit to last week's conversation about icons. They had like these studios, like Rare had a bunch of really, really good characters and a lot of them have just been kind of forgotten about or not necessarily forgotten about by the like us like consumers but like the developers as well. It just it sucks because like yeah Banjo and Kazooie was a phenomenal game and it would be cool to see those characters in more like in more in the spotlight of gaming and it's cool that they brought Banjo Kazooie over to Smash because uh hopefully more people will rediscover those games because Banjo-Kazooie is a phenomenal game. Phenomenal soundtrack. I, yeah, I feel like Banjo-Kazooie people really got, like, it, it got a good exposure. I feel like Banjo-Tooie and Conker were the one that got great reviews, but, like, less people played them um, just because of the, the way new systems are coming out. I could be wrong, but that's just the general vibe that I... I think plenty... I think more people played Conker, weirdly enough. Like, I, I always remember yep. there being, like... Mm. Not more so than the original Banjo Kazooie, but people still talk about Conker a lot. I wonder, they do. Yeah. Conker also had the Game Boy game yep. as well, so it may have been a little bit the of that, as that. Well. Yeah, and it, it also like a, had, yeah, and how it also had an original Xbox like remaster 
remake, kind of? Yeah, it did. Yes, well, it did. Yeah. Was it a remaster or was it a... They no, didn't cool. work to it. That was, a, that was a sequel. I, I have to look up remember. the title of it. Okay. Yeah, I'll look yeah, they, that up. It was. They did work to it. It was So it was a little more than a remaster. Yeah, I so think I just, it had multiplayer. Yeah, I, I think because know. it was on mul- multiple platforms, it just had more eyes. I don't think it was a it. sequel. No, it wasn't. The, the sequel was canceled. The sequel was going to be okay. called Con- Conker's Other Bad Day. Okay. All right, so it was just a remake. All right. Conker's Reloaded. Conquer Live and Reloaded. So long. Now, would that version of the game look a lot better, I assume, than the one on... Um... I never played that version, so I couldn't speak to that. Probably yeah, not should... a lot, because those were still... SD systems. And I'm sure they were yeah. working from the original code to a degree. Yeah. So it's prob- it I, probably looks a little better. Oh, no, it, it looks It definitely looks a little bit better. I played it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It just it lost a lot of the charm that the original had. Oh, Not necessarily okay. due to graphics, but just... It, it just didn't... I remember this, like, it's vague now because I played it so long ago. It just didn't have the same feeling that the original had. I didn't really enjoy it as much. Um, it just wasn't the same, unfortunately. My uh, my favorite part about playing... Well, this is not my favorite part, but so let me rewind that. One of, one of the things I love about this game that's so dumb and amazing is I was playing uh, Banjo-Kazooie last, uh, last week, and my wife was watching me kind of playing some other stuff, and there's a witch. Like So basically the, the loose platforming plot is that a witch steals your sister. Gruntilda, the witch. Gruntilda and absorbs her youth so that she can become young looking again. And so this witch walks out of this machine and the camera zooms up and she's got these giant boobs. And my wife was just like, what is with this witch with giant boobs? What, what is this? And I'm like, Oh, see, <laughs> I tried to explain to her. I was like, see, see In the, the bear 90s. with the bird. <laughs> see the bear with the bird. Well, his sister was kidnapped by Gruntilda, the switch who is sucking the life force out of her so that now she can have big boobs and his sister looks old and gross, but his sister is like, Weirdly enough, kind of young. It's She's not like a, a child. Well, it was better. Yeah. Like, you know, she took, I like to imagine as a youth absorption <laughs> goes, she took the sister's age and subtracted it from her own. <laughs> but think about how weird that is. I, I absorbed a young child's age and now I have giant boobs. And well, I'm no, you got to think of it from a mathematical perspective. It, <laughs> she takes the child's age and subtracts it from her own. The only thing I'm taking away from this conversation is why wasn't the plot of Banjo-Kazooie the plot of Crash Bandicoot as well. I want Dr. Neo Cortex to steal Coco's age and then he gets big boobs. Why did that not well, happen? Or big balls. Let's not forget that Crash Bandicoot 2 has the best plot, which is the batteries in Coco's laptop die, <laughs> and so Crash needs to go get some crystals. <laughs> oh, God. We should, I, my favorite thing about certain old games and like even like Animal Crossing is like saying it out loud. Just I love saying the plot out. And here's the best part. Because at the time, we just took this shit for granted. I was reading Jeff Gerstmann's review on GameSpot, which he gave it like a 9.6. And he was literally the first line was like, the, the storyline's pretty typical. Your sister so-and-so was taken by a grid. It was like the most generic. I'm like, there's nothing well, typical that, about this. This no, is no, fucking weird. It's 100% typical of video games at the time. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's just comical in that way. Uh, anyways, the game is, yeah, I'm really loving it. I can't believe I'll probably even finish it, which is crazy for an older game. 
the music is great. The controls feel great. But there's only two quick criticisms I have that don't hold up over time. It was one of those 90s games with terrible swimming. The swimming is like as bad as Tomb Raider. It's got terrible swimming. Um, and Rich was telling me about this. I spent like an hour and a half in a level and and died and it didn't save any of the stuff I kept, which was weird. And then Rich was telling me like back in the day, it was like a memory issue. So like it couldn't like the cartridge, I guess, couldn't save everything you had. So I spent all this time in a level and then I died and like I, I took away so much of what I had found in that level. Um, it was crushing for me. I like lost an hour and a half of my life. It was gone. But uh, it was hilarious for me texting him about it. It sucked. It was, but I still like the game enough to get back. Oh, the game has a. They do a great job with uh, aquatic creatures. There's a giant metal shark called Clanker. Oh, yes, I love Clanker. I love that whole that whole area. Like I love the design of that level. Yeah, that that level is really cool. Even though it makes no sense how you'd figure out how to free Clanker, I had to look that up because old games have like one or two dumb things in them. Well, you, I always think of it that way. Like, yeah, again, you trying to figure it out now. I just remember it at this point. But like when I was a kid, it was because I had literal days to like bang my head against shit like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and you swim down to free him, and it's very hard because you have to get like limited life bubbles, and it's way down. Anyways, you had to like swim through this thing back and forth that really wasn't marked as something you'd ever need to do that with but yeah it's cool you you use basically this giant metal shark as the platform in this level it's like a sewer um and he and i love that the cute charming nature of a lot of the the old designs they did uh and they did some of it in banjo or um what's it called uh ukulele where like they just put like big eyeballs on like goofy looking monsters and stuff like that shark has these big like bug eyes um it just makes them look so animated which adds like this weird amount of personality to it it's cute. Yeah, even the shark that came up and attacked me in the second beach level looked like a 3D rendering of a shark from Donkey Kong Country. Like one of those blue sharks with the tiger stripes. It looked mm-hmm. the, the eyes and everything. So anyways, yeah, that's it's it's a great game. If you've never played Banjo-Kazooie and you have a fondness for that era like I do, you might enjoy it because I have been like, oftentimes I'll sit down and I'm like, I could play some Final Fantasy VII Remake or I could play Banjo-Kazooie! Woo! Um... It's it's pretty great, so mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. Cool. Uh, let's see. What's next on the docket here? Oh, uh, Rich, I have a note here that says you platinumed a video game. I did platinum a video game. Do you know what video game I platinumed? Uh, Persona 5. No. You platinum Persona, Persona 5, 5 Royal. Royal. Oh, I'm so oh, Idiot. Oh. Are you mad that the Final Fantasy 15 special edition is also called the Royal Edition? I feel like there's a no fight because there. those are different names. <laughs> Very different. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> actually, just came to me right now as we were talking about it. I was like, "Damn, that's weird." Um, uh, yeah, no, I I, fi- I finally got the platinum uh, in Persona 5 Royal. It only took me 95 hours. Um, I don't want to harp too long on this because I've talked so much about Persona 5 already. But obviously that would mean I have finished Royal. I have seen all the new content, the new dungeon um, that is the new end capper for the game. Uh, and I have to say, even if you played the original Persona 5 and loved it, I think the the extension of the story is fantastically executed. Um, and that the the new character arcs are, are fucking amazing. I think it has a much better ending arc for a handful of characters. And I I loved it all the way through. I think it like 
this is one of the best JRPGs I've ever played. I stand by that. Didn't you say that there with the changes that one of the characters now is like one of your favorite Persona characters? Ever? Uh, yeah, I think Goro Akechi is probably the best written character in Persona, like in the is, entire series, hands is down. Is he the hmm. kid detective guy? Yes, Ace Detective Goro Akechi. Um, his his end. Hmm. The way the game ends for him is completely different now. I was about yeah. to say because oh. I did not think he was. You, did you beat the original? The strongest in Josh the game. Um, he. I don't know if you did. You, did you beat the original game, Josh? I can't even remember. Probably uh, not. Because, then the stuff that happens with him initially is already pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, all right. But like I don't know. It, was, it wasn't my favorite I, in the story even. You might not have gotten to the... I think it's done well, but it kind of leaves itself hanging. Mm. And this his version of the, his story continues a little more now than it did in the original. And his new end capper is so fantastic. It makes him a much better character, in my opinion. Mm. And such a strong character. A bunch of new scenes that he has. Uh, kudos to his voice actor, because he is just chewing the scenery. And like his delivery is fantastic. Hey man, cool. you know it's no easy feat platinuming a game. I, you know, that's that's a it's a mighty I, accomplishment. PlayStation uh, thinks so too. They sent me a special theme for doing it. That's that's actually really cool. Like I've never heard of that happening before. I um, yeah, it was the first time I've ever seen of it. I feel like somebody had told me they do that for certain games in the past, but I was not doing this expecting that. So it was kind of um, a nice little like, oh, that's neat. It's knowing you, you totally would have done it expecting that though. You've been like, oh, there's one piece of Persona 5 uh, merchandise I don't own. I need to do everything I can. Well, I wanted to suck as much Persona out of Persona as I could. I would have I would have done this for no reward. Can you say that you I just want I was really hoping you were to say something like I would say, which is I just wanted to suck that Persona dick until every drop. I thought no, I we knew really that enough thought Rich was going to say that as well. But then I realized it wasn't Morgan talking. So then that wasn't going to come out. <laughs> bad um the last thing i'll ask you rich is are you meaning to tell me you jumped from a 50 hour jrpg into a 95 hour jrpg what do you mean yeah and i'm gonna jump back into the 50 hour jrpg so i can platinum that one as well yeah (laughs) um and also i'm playing final fantasy 6 uh as those of us (laughs) who've been watching me on stream will know guys buckle up this coming thursday we're gonna suplex a train I hope you're ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Man, speaking of all these old nice, games, the nice it made me realize <laughs> that I tracked down and bought a copy of Tenchu. Hell yeah, yeah you that did. I need to play on stream at some point. I want to see Tenchu that Stealth, happen. The first one, Stealth Assassins? Yep. Oh, dude, yeah, let me know. I'm there. Fucking loved that game as a kid. Fucking mm-hmm. I remember playing it. the demo. For Tenchu Z, what a disappointing day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and of course, the successor, uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, started as a Tenchu game. Um, yeah, that's cool. Well, congratulations, Rich. Uh, you are an animal. Good job, a Rich. JRPG animal. Thanks, guys. Woo. I really don't think you belong in this country. You should go to Japan and just be with your, your, your games. That's who you need to be with. <laughs> just be with them all the time. <laughs> See, never have to leave. I would, I would play, if I could play Final Fantasy 6 or 3 right now, I would probably try to get it on the, 
on like an actual system because I know playing it on something else isn't going to really enhance it at all. It'd be kind of cool to play it on an actual Super Nintendo, but I'm sure yeah. it's pricey Yeah, most as fuck, of so. the ports are not great. I am going to send you a link, Morgan, to get this version that I'm playing, which is a, a custom-made uh, version of the GBA version with the original sound restored. Oh, wow. GBA version, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even if you had Did it you? on the Super Nintendo, uh, you'd want a CCTV. Like, if you're trying to play it like a Super Nintendo yeah. on an HD yeah. TV, that's not going to cut it. Which is why I'm grateful... I'm playing I'm playing the GBA one via my Retron 5, which the Retron lets you fuck with your visual settings a little bit to make it look as good as it can on a, That's nice. a nice monitor. I Add some scan what... lines if you want. That Yeah, no, honestly, I think that stuff is cool. I will say that whenever I went to do that before with my Sega, there was something, like, hauntingly sad about it that I couldn't put my finger on. Like, I was getting hit with, like... It wasn't nostalgia in a good way. It was like this weird form of like I had regressed to being a child and it freaked me out. And so I had to sell my, my Sega. You should I kinda... probably see your therapist about that. Mm. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like I was enjoying going back and playing Sonic for the podcast one at the time, but it was just something about it that was like hitting me too hard. Oh, it was Sonic? That explains it. <laughs> it was the good yeah, Sonic Yeah, that, that traumatic so Sonic upbringing too? of having to go to church and your... Uh... Your cis white parents providing everything you'd ever need. The trauma. It must have been really hard for you. It wasn't really Man, like... Do I feel bad for you, Morgan? <laughs> it wasn't really like a, a trauma thing, per se. More of like a, just too kid-like. Like, one time I was like... Too kid-like. Uh, t- no, what happened was he realized that nothing had changed in the entire <laughs> interim yes, between yes. the first and this second time. the times. same... Yeah, it said they had sex somehow, which was weird. <laughs> uh, I stumbled into sex, uh, and that was the beginning of the end. The uh, it was like one time I when I was twenty, I got really ripped and tried to build Legos, and then I started to like cry. I was like, I I feel like a child. Like <laughs> you should really see a therapist. Wow, Is it... <laughs> because yeah. man, you know what? Like, what I... am I? I'm sorry, go ahead, Chad. Your your mind is a minefield, Morgan, and I I don't know if I ever like I love you, but I just sometimes I don't understand what is going on in your brain. Like I've known you for so long and you come up with these these stories like that. And I'm like, who the fuck have I been talking to for ten years sometimes? Just randomly. No, it's if you guys want to real quick, which I find hilarious, the notion of building Legos when you're twenty and crying. <laughs> Because I have this really distinct memory of when I was 22. Um, This is when I was a firefighter. And we went to our, me and a bunch of friends went to our installation dinner, which is when the fire departments install their new chiefs. And it's basically like a fun weekend. You hang out. There's like a party. Everybody drinks. They hang out. You know, you bring your girlfriends and everything. So a bunch of us all hang out. We're partying all weekend. For some reason, late Saturday night in this party, we're all talking about Legos. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we're talking about Star Wars Legos, and we're like, what kind of Star Wars Legos do they have oh, now? Yeah. So we look them up, and how much more awesome they are now? That Sunday when we left this weekend away, on the drive back, we stopped at a Toys R Us, bought the Lego Death Star, got a bunch of beer, and went to somebody's house and built the Death Star. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> See, now that's a normal story. That's a normal story. There was no crying in there as you guys built Legos. I just I don't get it. There's something about 
uh, beer that I think is better for that being drunk because there's something about pot and, it, it puts and your emotions down. Well, yeah, people listening who have smoked a lot of weed know that they like it reveals to you uncomfortable truths often. Really? It just makes me lethargic. <laughs> That's the only it? thing it's ever done for me is just make me hungry or paranoid if I'm out in public. It just makes me want bugles and to like watch HBO. Yeah, no, uh, no, it gives you the distinct urge that you need some sort of food on the end of each finger, either bugles or black olives or... So, <laughs> look, look, guys, my fingers are little witches. Yeah. Uh, I did used to mix that mount, that blue Mountain Dew with... Um, remember that, Josh? I mixed that blue uh, ice, icy whatever Mountain Dew with uh, Patron, and we would call it Shiva's Blood. That was a weird Yeah, uh, That yeah, sounds all right. See, mm. I would take a, bu- you know what's really good? A bugle with queso dip, because you could fill the bugle with the dip. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's like a trumpet that you're filling with. Yeah, it's great. You ever seen a trumpet? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, last week, yeah, free range trumpets. I've seen a trumpet. Are you talking about a mega horn? Um, it, well, you know, <laughs> it's trumpet-esque. Yeah. Trumpet, ad- trumpet yeah. adjacent. Yeah, play that funky shofar. <laughs> I love trumpet, trumpet Jasons. <laughs> trumpet adjacent. Uh, all right, so uh, next up on the dock, did you guys have anything you wanted to say about Final Fantasy VII briefly? Um, we're recording a Chomping After Dark, which is one of our patron exclusive podcasts that you'll be able to get. Um, is there anything you guys want to say briefly? We've talked a lot about that. But for me, at least, uh, I-, I think anything I really have left to say, I would say for the Chomping After Dark. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for me for me what I'm going to say is because anything I'm going to want to talk about at this point is pretty much spoilers for the most for the most part, which is why we kind of separate it in that chomping after dark podcast yeah. that way. That that podcast can be just filled with spoilers. Uh even though this game is 23 yeah. years old, there are some aspects about this game that you know, they've changed or they've added, so um definitely definitely uh leave the spoilers for there i have a few things to say yeah but Josh, yeah we, we don't want to bring it up now because we, we don't want to taint anyone's purity um with final fantasy 7 <laughs> oh i will say we this don't, don't want to paint their purity ring i i watched the donkey review for fun somebody sent it to oh, me and I, ac- I accidentally review i accidentally spoiled I'm not going to go into it, but I spoiled one thing that did make me groan. But I, at the same time, I was like, I need to experience this in context, and I'm going to forget that I saw it. But it was my own fault because I watched the review. I didn't realize it was going to be so spoiler heavy because I'm an idiot. So You ever watched a donkey video before? <laughs> not very many of them. Um, Guys, just the- uh, did I not call that? Yeah, but we didn't actually make the bet, so I don't have to give you five bucks. No, you don't have to give me shit. But uh, Morgan, before you came in the no, Skype, but you would have made today, some money. I would we have. not both agreed with you. Yeah, I said the first <laughs> thing. Like whenever we talked about Final Fantasy today, the very first thing you were going to mention was the donkey video that you watched. And it wasn't I, the first thing I mentioned. So. Oh, definitely. Like for the actual conversation portion, yeah, it was. Totally was. But anyways. Anyway, um, why does that matter? If I mention it, doesn't. The donkey? We just thought it was. We were just making. Well, a I bet. don't understand the even. We're just predicting thing. your behavior. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't really have. I've got to a be fair, I don't have a lot to 
add because I haven't played it that much lately, so I have to really bust my ass this week. No, um, you're good. Because um, I'm only in – I just got out of the sewers, so I really got to hurry. Yeah, you really got to bust your ass, dude. You have a long ways to go. Um, oh so here's what I'm going to say. I finished it last week. Um, I will keep this spoiler free, so don't worry. Um, someone <laughs> – Rich said – in private chat, he thought he heard a gunshot, but someone shot a Transformer Rip Star Scream. I was going to say, uh, rest in peace, Optimus Prime, but uh, he beat me to the joke. So, <laughs> anyways, um, this was all privately in our Skype chat. I apologize. I, uh, I like the changes, a lot of the changes that they made in this uh, remake. A lot of them give a lot more context to the characters that you know and love. It gives a little bit more detail to the story that I absolutely wanted personally. Also, I think that there there were some specific characters and incidents that were introduced that I felt completely derailed what they were trying to go for at times. And this is me doing my best to keep this spoiler free. There are certain characters that were introduced and you don't understand why. When you get to the end of the game, you don't you're you're left wondering why was this character introduced? Why were there cutscenes of this particular character? What purpose um, do they serve? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like for other than just being quirky anime stuff, and it's it's kind of funny. It's ironic in a way, because one of my biggest complaints about the original is that there are so many characters involved in what's going on, and some of them just don't get a backstory, and you never really see the purpose that they serve. The point, and this is one of the points that um, the developer said why they're expanding these into multiple games, is to make sure that this didn't happen, that all the characters that you know and love from the original get enough backstory which they largely hit the mark on, but then they introduce some new characters and it's the same issue that they had with the original. And I don't understand why that choice was made. If the, if their uh, purported reasoning for doing this was to avoid that. Oh my God. Was to avoid that exact issue. Um, my fucking protector just fell down. I'll put it back in a minute, but I don't understand why that, that choice was made. Um, also, and I'm going to go on record saying this, and I've told Josh and Rich this, the whispers in the game absolutely, absolutely take me out of the experience during the latter half of the game. And there were a few times where I legitimately considered skipping cutscenes because of it. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, I never got there. uh, I did. Uh, and... I, I apologize if this is a minor spoiler to anyone. This is a minor spoiler. So I apologize. If you don't want to listen to this, skip for the next few minutes. It gets to the point where, like, at the first half, you see them. They pop up every once in a while. That's fine. It's cool. It, they weren't my favorite thing about the game, but they were... Uh, I was able to ignore them or just accept them for as they were during the first half of the game. During the latter half of the game, they start to show up in literally 
almost every single cutscene. I swear the last four chapters, mm-hmm. anything you do cutscene wise, they're in there. And it completely, completely derailed me from what's going on in the story. And it was aggravating. It was truly aggravating that like you have, and again, I will keep it spoiler free. You have what's going on in the story. It's very melodramatic. There are some new things that happen that suck you into that story. And then all of a sudden you see like 12 whispers floating on the screen and you're like, God damn it. These stupid asses again. And like anytime I was getting really into the story during the, that, those last few chapters, I was completely thrown back out of the game because then they're showing the whispers again. There is way too much of a reliance on these. And I, when you get to the end of the game, you understand what they are and why they exist. But that doesn't excuse the pure or the sheer reliance on these new things that they introduced to try and further the story along. Um, yeah, it's it sounds like a minor complaint, but when it, it, it when it completely takes a person out of the story, that's a major issue. That is a major issue. And that is probably legitimately one of my two biggest complaints about this game. And it's to me, it's a massive and- one. And why Ori is the better game? And uh, I don't want I don't want to harp on this for too long, but I'll just say to to agree with you partially at least, Shay. Um, I, I your concerns are totally legitimate to me. They never took me out of it, and I think I was almost able to put them at the back of my head, maybe more so than you were. I think that's part of it. Um, because they definitely are overindulgent with them towards the end. I'll agree with you, with you on that. Like, I think their purpose is interesting once it's explained and why they're a part of it. And I hope they're used more sparingly and smarter in part two. Um, because I think most of the scenes that you're talking about would have worked just fine without them for the most part. Interesting. Okay. Well, right. Uh, right. Like, they, they, well, they, they were not an essential part for you to understand how the ending works, uh, the, the, the number of appearances that they had and Josh and, or sorry. Yeah. Josh and Morgan, as you guys will see, as you get to the end and anyone who hasn't finished the game, you will see, they do have a purpose. I know they're annoying. They do have a, purpose. and it is addressed in part one. Yeah. You it learn is. what they are and what they're there for. Yes. But it doesn't excuse the, the num the number of times they appear and the amount that they were used. The other big thing, and it was more funny to me than annoying, and I know for some people this has been a big complaint. Um, you guys had said it, and I had, hadn't quite seen it until I got to certain parts in the game, uh, where they put their resources at in this game and where they didn't. And it started becoming apparent when you start talking with side characters that like are important for yeah. a side mission and that's it. And their faces look very PS3 esque. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck. Like I'm sitting here looking at Low clouds, very detailed there. face and his animation is just blowing my mind. And then I cut to, and then they cut to camera cut to this person that cloud is talking to. And it looks like a PS3 game all of a sudden. And that made me, that didn't detract because obviously that's not a part of the main story. It just was really funny to me more than anything. And um, 
That's yeah. one of the big problems that the, a lot of them have had recently, including Final Fantasy 15, which I really enjoyed. It was the same kind of thing. It was just like they, they would definitely pull their the, – the world looked great and the primary characters looked pretty damn good. But you would definitely – a lot of those peripheral things and characters, you could tell that not necessarily – you know, they – they they focused on the things they felt were the most important. They focused on the things you're going to be looking at the most. Right. Ex- yeah. And it becomes... Potentially. And it's cool because when you get to the end of the game, like the last few chapters, that kind of like, that resource partitioning becomes less and less common. And pretty much everything towards the end of the game has a ton of polish. It's not perfect, but it has a ton of polish at that point. So Yeah, I'd say so. It didn't bother me as much. It was just really funny. I remember I was doing the mission where um, you learn who the angel of the slums is, which you haven't quite gotten there, Morgan. Um, and you're talking to this woman who's a part of it, and her face just looks wooden and so PS3-esque. And then you flash back to Cloud, and he's just super animated, and it just keeps flashing back and forth between the both of them. And I was... I was legitimately laughing my ass off at how bad the resources were partitioned between the two in that conversation. Just how drastic the yeah, goal It was yeah, funny. Yeah. It was funny. It it wasn't bad. I know some people who are more graphic-oriented are going to be bothered by that, and I understand it. It didn't bother me as much, me. but... Um, I mean, if you're really enjoying something, you'll like. I really enjoy Final Fantasy 15. It doesn't mean I don't acknowledge the issues, but like, it's easier to, because uh, we're not, you know, we're not really looking for perfection necessarily. But it's easier to swallow those things if you're all about the the overall product. Right, right. And I'll leave it on this. I'm, I very much enjoyed my experience with the game, and I'm really excited to talk about the story because the changes that they made. Um, not just the ones, um, the obvious ones, but stuff towards the end is very, very interesting. And I can see why some people think it's pseudo controversial. So I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys. Cool. Yeah. Should be a fun episode to record for sure. Um, let's see. Dondara. Josh been playing some Dondara. Mm-hmm. A, a game people have probably never heard of. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it. Sadly, sadly. This is one that I didn't hear about until a few months after it came out. Um, And then because I was already, you know, oh, I, you know, like it came out in December. It was one of those like end of the year ones. And we uh, hadn't really landed on what we were doing with December releases at the time. So I'm like, oh, well, this will never be a thing we end up talking about on the show. So I just ignored it. Threw it in the garbage. Yeah, it was essentially what happened, which is sad. Um, and we've, you know, finally kind of taken a stance on that as far as, like, you know, where that falls and how we're going to handle it for end-of-the-year awards and whatnot. And uh, even though it's way past time, anyway, I figured, and it, you know, doesn't matter in this case anymore, let's go back and play this game that's several years old now. Um, yeah, why the hell not? Exactly. And, uh... Anyway, it is a Metroidvania with a very unique movement style um, where you you don't really have gravity as such. As, as such. It's more like uh, kind of, you know how, like if you ever see someone on the space station, like the only way you can go anywhere is to push off. 
Um, yeah, you need to get that sort of that locomotion going. Yeah, it's that, but you know, obviously not really slow and whatnot. Like you're, you know, you don't want to slam into the other wall in a space station because you're squishy mm-hmm. and human. But in video games, you just spring off of every wall to uh to go where you want to go with uh well not every wall because the um kind of conceit of this one is that there is a uh, salt that you can go on and they don't ever really explain it seems like you're some sort of demigod but anyway you can only you can only land on these patches of salt um in the game world so you have you know any anywhere with like you know a white outline on the wall you can jump to um and it is really really fun to have combat where you're not thinking about moving like oh i need to back up here or there or i need to jump over this thing it's like um because you're bouncing from wall to wall your movement is so fast in this um that they do some pretty crazy enemies um that would just kind of be overwhelming in a normal game um and just oh it's it you you end up with this fast paced combat where you're jumping from wall to wall and like dodging bullets coming at you and then shooting people uh as whenever you can get close enough to them um it okay. it is it is so good it is so so much fun um and then on top of all that because of the strange movement you're not going to get like you you still get some movement abilities but not as much as you know it's not you're not going to find like a double jump or uh or wall climbs or something like that which is how a lot of these games are gated um there are still a few just mechanical gates like that where you'll be able to like activate certain machines and whatnot. Um, but a lot of it is just how comfortable you are with the mechanics and how much of a challenge you want. Um, because different zones have more or more enemies or less enemies. Um, and you can, you're very free to explore whichever direction you want to in the game and kind of, choose your route through the game um which i've really appreciated because a lot of metroidvanias you still end up with basically just the one path you can take through the game which is a little frustrating once you start to see it um and in this game i really felt like anywhere i wanted to explore i can go explore um and they did a really good job with actually getting across the uh what what you want a metroidvania to be which is a at least a semi open experience mhm yeah it's it's when i looked it up i was surprised cuz it was uh it came out like you were saying it's 2018 so it's you know yeah. a couple of years back um and raw fury has i was trying to see if they had a history of like what they had made before um, they had published stuff probably no one's ever heard of um, before Dan- Dandara. And let's see here. 
Oh, Night Call, eighteen. Yeah, I know. What kind of turned you on to even locating this game? Like, is it just something you saw a trailer for, or like, how did you how did you find it? Because I had never even heard of it, and I'm um, you know, I saw the um release trailer on uh, on Switch whenever it first came out, and I remembered because that was there wasn't a lot on Switch back then. I mean, there was still a decent amount, but not as much. It was still at the point where you could read the entire news feed of, uh, of stuff coming out on it. Uh, whereas at this point I skim, like it's just, there's, there's too much going on there. Um, but I remembered seeing this and watching the trailer for it. Um, and just thinking that the, they kind of showed off the combat more than anything as far as, uh, um, you know, how that played out. And it looked so cool that it stuck in my head. And, uh, uh, I think I stuck it on my Steam wish list or whatever else and then forgot about it for way too long and until recently. I think I got out on the holiday sale this last uh this last I, Christmas. I have a quick question for you. It's you said it's a Metroidvania game, right? Style? Mm-hmm. Metroidvania style game? Yes. Is it as good as the masterpiece and apparently my second favorite game of this year, Ori and the Will of the Wisps? <laughs> Already second, damn. <laughs> wow. That's your your opinion, not his. Out of three <laughs> games, that's brutal. <laughs> that's right. Doom Eternal is pushing up to the number one slot. Mm, oh, oh no. What's happening? Oh yes. That's that's chaos. terrifying. Just full chaos. Uh, All the Doom Eternal people are listening to this podcast have already unsubscribed. Oh, I know. Anger, I've angered so. them over the last several weeks. I did finally, no. I can't remember if I said this on stream Speak or on, on the podcast or not, but I did finally go back and kill that last boss. Oh, you did? Instead of just uninstalling after it crashed during the last boss. Oh, okay. And I yeah, gained cool. nothing from don't that you love, experience. Don't, like, there's don't not even love an the ending way you fight after it. that. It's, uh, don't you love the way you fight it, and then you're like, oh, there's a second phase, and then you just do the same exact thing It's the thing same again? phase again? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's pretty great. Um... That said, the second phase is better because you've got, like, a horizontal arena instead of just the side of a building that you can't... The traversal options in the game are not very good for vertical movement, so you're kind of stuck using the jump pads that they just... Like, you you go to specific spots. It doesn't work as well. The second phase is better. Just because of the layout of the arena. Because of the layout of the arena. But it's the yeah. same thing. It's just more of it. Yeah. The same, second so, hey, phase is the same. Do thing, that so. again. Mm-hmm. Um. You well, like, as far as Dondar, you like the, go ahead. Sorry. You like the part when you beat the boss, and then it ends, and everything you did amounted to nothing. Like that's not a joke. Like literally, you beat the boss, yeah. and then yeah, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. Oh, there. Whatever. Yeah, there wasn't I mean, anything I, I, for I, it to I, amount to. So. Yeah. Anyway, Josh didn't care so much. You should Let's not when, harp on that. when our when our chomping at the dark episodes come to light. You should really listen to Josh on that one because by the end he was so disinterested. <laughs> by, like, no, by the end, like the all f- of us were like, "Oh my god, are we fucking done?" Mm-hmm. Not yeah, me. Dude, I, I was having a great time. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it, but I remember looking over at my computer 
periodically and i just remember josh sitting at his other monitor for 15 20 minutes just, just fucking over the rest of that which i don't I, I don't blame him he didn't really like the game uh, that'd be like me coming in uh morgan hosting like the death stranding episode and me just sitting there having nothing to say so i totally get it <laughs> What was funny was that there was like three questions that were kind of similar in execution about the story, and Josh was just like, "No, no, no, fuck! Uh, all right, man, I just I don't care about this." <laughs> <laughs> but it was just great. It was, it was, yeah, it was a yeah, good he show. kept it civil It'll though. He kept it civil. <laughs> I I still enjoyed it because I just love burying that game. No, and uh, that if you if you're into a lot of Josh's more obscure tastes and you like Metrovenius, check out Dondara. Yeah. Um, it's got a really yeah. interesting story on it. I, I was mentioning before about the whole salt thing. It's... Um, Love salt. It's kind of... It's unclear how metaphorical the entire thing is supposed to be um, as far as like, is this... And anyway, like I'm, I don't want to get into it too much, but it, there's... There's a lot going on there, and it's all left fairly vague, um, which I I liked. I liked it. It was, um, yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, it was a it was a good story. Uh, Dandara, Dandara. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich, you were playing some uh, Chimera Squad. I started to play a little bit, but my computer was like I had to get some drivers or something. I don't know how computers work, but I guess you have to get something called a driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to break that computer within a few months, aren't you? Um, yeah, I started playing XCOM Chimera Squad. Um, this is a new XCOM uh, game that kind of dropped out of nowhere. Um, it's not the full expansive experience of a normal XCOM. It's only $20. Um, it might still be on sale. I got it at launch. It was like 50% off on Steam, so I got it for 10 bucks. Okay. Uh, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, for anyone that plays XCOM... Uh, the main differences here from a normal XCOM are this game set, I want to say, five years after XCOM 2. Uh, so after the War of the Chosen. Um, in this future, like, aliens have integrated into society on Earth and on other planets. And there's a bunch of, you know, there's humans, there's aliens, there's mutant hybrids and stuff like that living on the planet. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of playing, like, having a platoon of faceless uh, soldiers you create and give names to or whatever... Um, and don't really have invested in, you have a very, you have a set number, almost like a Mass Effect-esque cast of characters. Like, named characters with backstories and all this stuff. And XCOM, in this future, is less like of this militant force, and they're more like a military police kind of set in the city. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, all the combat encounters are much smaller and kind of kept to close quarters. Uh, and because all the characters, you know, you have this collection of aliens and hybrids and humans, uh, every character sort of has a specific function and unique abilities that you can level up as you promote them like you normally would. Um, and all of those changes I'm kind of loving and hope, I hope these ideas are carried into XCOM 3. Um, I've only played about the first two hours so far, but I'm really enjoying what I played. Why do you think, um, cause I, yeah, it, it looks, everything you're saying about it being a little more like a personal, like kind of intimate experience. As opposed it's a to like more some, character driven experience than XCOM ever was. Yeah. And that looked interesting to me. Like right when you start the game, it's like breach. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I honestly, I've never played an XCOM game before. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I was very uh, confused. I love XCOM, game, XCOM, XCOM, uh, XCOM, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> XCOM games. Uh, they're cause they're, you know, they're, 
They're very, exactly. They're very heavy tactics games. And what you're talking about with the breach thing, that's a new mechanic that I really love. Uh, because the arenas are less wide open, you're sort of this tactical police force. Uh, so you're, when you go out on missions, uh, they're, you know, pretty much almost always inside buildings in smaller enclosed areas. So basically the way it works is you take areas room by room, which is not something that's ever done in XCOM like previously. Um, when you clear a room, you get set up with a breach, uh, okay. basically meaning you're going to breach through the doors and you get to choose your positioning of your units as they go in. Um, so let's say like there's three entrances, like they go, okay, we got like three forms of egress on this next room. There's a door, um, there's a side door and there's a mm-hmm. window and it might be like, you have four characters. You could send three in through the front door. There's space for one person through the window space for one person through the side door. So you decide how everyone's going to enter. And there are different bonuses, uh, depending on the entrance they use. Like one bonus might be everyone who goes in through the window uh, all their attacks are going to be critical or all their attacks are going to be guaranteed to hit for the first two rounds of this encounter. Um, the last person in the front door gets a plus two to their dodges for this encounter. Um, so there's kind of a lot of neat stuff to weigh in on that. Is there, is the idea with the breach that it's more like you, you, you set things up, but you don't really know what it's going to look like when you get inside. So you have to sort of respond on the fly. Is that the idea? Yeah. Of it? Yes, and and also you have when you breach through the door, everyone immediately gets an attack as they're breaching, um, where they can attack anyone that is within their range as they go through the door, um, and as you promote targets, uh, they will get new breach abilities. Like one character might get an ability that's instead of just firing off their weapon, uh, when they breach the door, they can opt to throw a grenade, or you know when okay, they breach yeah. the door, they can buff the party, um. The medic, uh, when you promote her to rank two, she gets an ability where she can choose to heal the entire party bef- right before you breach. That's cool. It it looked like um, I only played it for like all of two minutes before I realized I couldn't. But uh, they had uh, great music in the two minutes that I played. I really liked the music a lot. The soundtrack was was really cool. But the thing it reminded me of is maybe like a little more like one of the things I love about into the breach, the greatest strategy game ever made is that you have to respond on the fly to what's happening. Like everything that's it's, 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 it's one turn sort of instinct. Like, okay, this thing popped up here, 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 there respond. It's like, it's all sort of well, like, yeah, XCOM is good with a lot of that stuff. And that's always been XCOM's always been like your percentage chance to hit, yeah. which is a thing I always love because it gets down to that wire of you could be, like point blank with some dude with a shotgun and your thing reads 99% chance to hit, but there's still that 1% chance you're just going to miss entirely mm-hmm. and it's going to suck, but it's going to be hilarious to watch how that plays out. Well, you're very kind. Cause that's like the thing that drives me the most crazy. And, and it's traditional in that way. I guess that was one of the things that I was so happy about into the breach was like, okay, if it says I'm doing two, I'm doing two. Oh, <laughs> and, al- and also this big change for XCOM being, um, in XCOM, normally when units go down, units are dead and units are unnamed and they're disposable. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. In this, if a unit dies, you fail the mission. But when they get killed, quote unquote, you have three turns to stabilize them. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. That's like the then, Final Fantasy thing where you yeah, can revive them. It, it's exactly like that. But you can't, I think later on, there will probably be some sort of mechanic to actually revive them. Uh, one mechanic I did get in the two hours I played with that I really liked is. Um, if I lose a character, they're out for that entire scenario, not just like they don't come back on the next breach. 
but I okay. currently have two combat drones um, that if somebody gets taken out before the next breach, they get replaced with a combat drone. Hmm. That seems, uh, but it's not permadeath, right? No, it's not per- because again, these are all story-driven characters. Yes, yes. They're out for that. You need to stabilize them. If you don't stabilize them, then you. If you don't stabilize them or end the, clear that room before they die, then they're auto stabilized. If you do that, um, okay. that basically once the room is clear, that character's extracted. If you have a uh, a combat drone, they're replaced with a combat drone before the next breach, so you have another unit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think it looks interesting. Like I've. Th- do you think I would be better off to try this first or one of the older XCOM games if I was curious? I think this actually might be an easier experience to jump right into. Um, there's a lot more going on in uh, the bigger XCOM games. I would say play this because it's definitely shorter, uh, probably easier to get a grasp on. And then if you're like, I really like that, I want more of that, then I'd say pick up XCOM 2. Yeah, because from the outside, I've always looked at XCOM as like, like I'm the kid that like Final Fantasy Tactics and Fire Emblem and stuff like that, but and, and Into the Breach. But like I always looked at XCOM as being like kind of scary, like too too punishing or what have you for someone like myself. Is that like kind it, of a false thing? It's you know? it's more punishing than those games. I I think it requires you to think a little bit more retroactively, and that might not quite be the case here because of the way it's structured. But XCOM proper, um, you need to be willing to sacrifice units. And when I first started mm-hmm. playing XCOM games, yeah. that was a big hump I had to get over. Get to, a, yeah. with the having a sacrifice units, and B, because like your upgrades are based off of skill trees and stuff like that, there are, there are ways to kind of... If you start the run out poorly, you can end up making the game harder and harder as you go. Yeah. Um, if you're just not upgrading the right things. Okay. So... Yeah, it seems interesting. I've heard. Why do you think? Last question. Why do you think that they went from such a successful franchise to like a kind of a weird like ten dollar? Like they were selling it for ten dollars day one. It seemed kind of strange. Do you think it's just like a goodwill uh, gesture or? No, I think that's a goodwill thing. And this is clearly a smaller game. And I think the way I explained it to you guys is this feels like the XCOM test kitchen to me. Um, it feels like they had a lot of ideas that were so radically different from what XCOM 2 was mm-hmm. that they're like, let's make this kind of small story driven thing, uh, see how people respond to it. Cause it is very different from XCOM 2 and then they can kind of keep what works and scrap what doesn't before they do XCOM 3. Okay. Fair enough. So, all right. So you see yourself sticking with it. Yeah. I'm definitely going to keep playing that. Okay. I'm going to check. I think I want to check it out, too, once I uh, get that driver installed. I do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it might be important. It was weird. A lot of games so far on my new gaming PC have worked beautifully. Like, I was playing stuff that just looks gorgeous, but for some reason, that game was just, like, it looked completely unplayable until I updated I don't know why. I don't. Maybe certain games have different compatibility things or what. But no, You have to update your graphics card drivers about once a week. Or once oh, okay. every major game release, anyway. Which is Learning almost once a week. PCs. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we've been playing, like, as you can tell, we're just dumping a lot of stuff into your lap because we are playing so much stuff, which is, you know, I was worried that'd be the opposite problem, but right now we're playing a ton of different games, and next week is going to be the same way. We're going to come back next week. We're going to talk. We're going to spend some time with uh, Cloud Punk is a game we're talking about. Um, I know we're going to have a spoiler cast for Final Fantasy VII. Um, you know, we're always playing stuff. I have a bunch of stuff on my plate as well that I want to play. Josh's always playing stuff. So 
uh, it's it's good time, I think, for us to just unload a, bo- a lot of like mini five ten minute discussions on like a lot of stuff, a lot of, a lot of games out there. Um, good stuff. If you want to support us, remember patreoncom swordchomp. Help us survive. Help our sanity. Me and Shay are going to need it after this show, so we don't. <laughs> we need some group therapy forever. together, some marriage counseling. <laughs> Seriously, man, get a therapist. You cried over the Legos. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was probably a red flag. Um, let's get to some polls here to round up the show. And I'll, I'll go through these a little more quickly. Streets of Rage 4. Oh, shit. Did I write that down? I did. I'm so sorry. You're good. You're good. I want to make sure we get to it. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we will, played some Streets of Rage 4. I'll keep it super brief because obviously I want to wait till we all talk are able to talk about it. Um, super brief here. but. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, by the way. I absolutely fucking loved this game. Streets of Rage 4, like, I was kind of expecting it to be in the same rough vein of, like, a new Sonic game where, like, it's most likely going to be bad, but it possibly could be pretty good. Uh, and I, sh- I should have not had that view because it's a really fun game. Uh, this game takes 10 takes place 10 years after um the last game basically mr x which is the guy you fight throughout the first three games uh he's no longer in control he's gone his his children um they're called the y syndicate i believe are in control his uh daughter and son aren't why because Uh uh-huh I got, I got the joke. I got, I got it. Don't worry, I got the joke. <laughs> he used to let you know he got it, Josh. He got the joke. I did get oh. it. Um, but anyways, the the gameplay is just as good as the original. They introduce a ton of new weapons, which is a lot of fun. They're so much fun to use, and they actually introduce some new ones, uh, some new environmental effects and like those can be used as a weapon as well which was really fun uh you can unlock a ton of characters and i'll keep that i guess spoiler free i mean if that's a big deal to you some of some past characters show up i'll just leave it at that one of the big things that i think needs to be talked about is the art direction because obviously the first three were much more like 18 16 bit uh 32 bit like in or sorry not 32 bit 18 and 16 bit graphics um so like there is very different looking than what they went Mm -hmm. with art style this time uh the art style this time and to be honest with you i really really enjoyed the art style um because there's a lot more because it's a newer game a lot more is happening in the background and you're able to actually tell what's going on in the background um there are some funny things happening like you'll walk into a level and it looks like two guys are trying to pry open this safe to steal whatever's inside of the safe and because of the art direction i can easily see what they're doing and because of what what this what's happening in the story because it's not like a very extensive story uh the anime or the style is kind of anime-esque which lends it tell itself to the story which is also kind of anime-esque um 
Yeah, the, like you're saying, it's more. I only played one level, but it was very much like a, a, n- a new hand-drawn art style, obviously that they were attempting, and it still it still seems faithful to what they're going for. Um, but yeah, yeah, it is a little bit. It reminded me a lot of those early Xbox Live arcade games for some reason, because just for the movement and like the look of it. Um, obviously, it's yeah. a little, probably a lot better looking than those games. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's I love. I love the art direction. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it at first because obviously I've seen the trailers and stuff. Um, I've been super excited for this game. Super Genesis junkie. And uh, no, I've been 100% pleasantly surprised with uh, this game. 100%. Uh, I finished I finished uh, one run through last night. Um, there were a few there are a few frustrating sequences in there and that's frustrating because it's the nature of a brawl a brawler style game uh i just had to get better at what it was i was trying to do get good as the kids say but it was it was it's a super fun game i played it on hard i'm continuing my hard approach this year uh very proud of myself good job thank you but um yeah i would absolutely recommend if anybody is a sega genesis fan or was a fan of the beat 'em up games from back in the day, you are absolutely going to love Streets of Rage 4. We will talk about it more next week. Uh, it's available on Game Pass right now if you have Game Pass. If not, it's available on pretty much any system. I'm not sure if it's available on the Switch. I think it might not be. I don't know. I think it isn't. You, you, it is on Switch, actually. Oh, oh it, it is it? on Switch. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, it's available on all major platforms super fun game they have different modes in there as well and uh it's four person (laughs) you sound just like it wasn't bad you sound like it like you work for them it's available on all major platforms all right thank you and it's uh yeah i i am it's four person couch co-op and it's two player online co-op in the event that you want to play with your friend it's a good it's a good game for the quarantine right now able to play with the event you want to play with a friend who lives with you. Yeah. You know, That's Josh, right. with Shay's on the path with all these games, he's playing on hard and expert. He's going to become the superior gamer on the chomp cast and he's going to dethrone you. Yeah. If he was you, he might care about that. <laughs> I couldn't even get a playful rise out of him. God damn it. He, um, he, he gave you eyebrow raise. He gave you a double eyebrow raise. He did. I yeah. got it. Which means eyebrow. he was kind of listening to what you were saying. I'm just kidding, Josh. <laughs> No one will ever dethrone you. Forgive me, master. Um, all right, so let's get to some polls here. Oh, no, my wife is calling me, which means she's very mad. Um, all right, so we just have a couple quick polls to run through here. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got slightly distracted. For our listeners, we do this show kind of late, and... I am past the threshold of needing to put my daughter to bed. And then about this time, my wife yells at me. So um, I will go through these somewhat quickly. Some of these we already kind of discussed, but we can just kind of observe the beauty of the results because I only did a couple polls this week. Um, the first one was about the Last of Us leak. And our audience said, 70, 77% of our audience said that Everyone on the internet that has spoiled The Last of Us 2 and says the story is bad is wrong and they don't trust them. So our audience seems rather wise there. They're not worried about the woke comments. Which is interesting. Sounds uh, good. Then again, 
that's a that's a tough question because if you want the game to be good, you don't want to believe it's bad. And look, I don't believe it's bad either. But who knows? I mean, we might there might be things about it that we don't like. I doubt yeah. it's any of the. Woke I mean, there's stuff on the first they don't like. So I mean, I'm not expecting yeah, a perfect exactly. game, but yeah, yeah. Seeing a leak that size and being instantly offended. I should suspect. have. I should have just um. Leaked it myself, but like completely horseshitted it. Been like, <laughs> it is beat for beat Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> oh God, I would play uh, that. And that, yeah, no, no that's that the crazy part, right? You'd be like, I'd play that game. Yep. There was someone that messaged me, and if I missed the comment, I apologize. But they were like saying, you know what? The controversy actually has me more interested because I just want to see what the people are saying is woke, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. For some she kissed the lady people. and the other characters supported her. <laughs> like, yeah, she that just won't. sounds that just sounds like being a person. That's well, I was gonna say something creepy and I will not do it. I'm, I'm glad you decided man. not to. I'm a change man. I'm proud of you. I, I don't believe that the second part there, <laughs> but I'm glad you had the sense to hold not yourself so much back. A changed man as a shamed man. And yeah, we'll they're not that. the same thing. It's really just time constraints. Neither Remember, realizing <laughs> you're a bad person doesn't make you not a bad person. But it is it's the true. first step. Yeah. And that's why, yeah. Again, keeping my mouth shut. Are you secretly... Well, no, I'm going to save this for next week because I need to get some VR porn on my PSVR. But we'll save that po- porn for... Uh, that po- we'll save that porn poll for next week. <laughs> I I need to get some. They're porn called in my VR stripper poles. Science. I porn. think they're called penises. <laughs> we both sure? have the same joke there. <laughs> yeah, just a different punchline, but yeah. same joke. Eighty-one um, percent of our audience said that it's natural selection. All the idiots ingesting um, disinfectant on Donald Trump's command. So uh, it's it's look when people are getting sick or dying it's never a joke but in this case it is so um it's a special circumstance let's see here 81 percent of our audience natural selection thank mm-hmm. you donald trump last poll and this is one i know me and shay have been really enjoying the michael jordan documentary we joked about last week when we talked about scotty pippen's penis uh, the last dance. Uh, so if you missed last week's show, we really talked about Scotty Pippen's penis. So you don't. That's just miss fun that. to say, Scotty Sc- Pippen's Dude, penis. Dude, it is. Say that yeah. three times fast. Scotty Pippen's penis. Scotty Pippen's penis. Scotty Pippen's penis. <laughs> I gotta make that my ringtone too. I can't decide. I have so many ringtone choices. <laughs> I know. Hey, Josh, can you do yeah. me a favor? Cut that particular section out of the audio and send it to me, so I can make it Twitch audio. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's too much yes, to do I'll, do I'll just download Rich's audio and do it myself actually you know what that's what I'll do forget about it I got it it's at the three hour and seven minute mark Shay. <laughs> thank you I'm gonna write that down 64% of our audience said that they are very much in fuck yeah enjoying the Michael Jordan documentary The Last Dance um, the episode I finished last night had Dennis Rodman drinking a beer and then getting on a motorcycle without a helmet in Las Vegas so uh, yeah it's a wonder he still somehow survived <laughs> to, uh, to to play I mean the sports stuff is alright in the documentary I mean it's cool if you didn't grow up with the Bulls to see their accomplishments but for me what's interesting about it is that behind the scenes stuff like Dennis Rodman drinking a beer on a motorcycle um, so, that's where I drink all my beers 
Yeah, exactly. Where you should. It, yeah, my it's, neighbor it's, keeps, it's really keeps well telling him yeah. to leave the leave the motorcycle alone. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not my motorcycle. Yeah. To be clear, the only he I'll just let goes there to drink. <laughs> I know Shipwright has something at least briefly positive to say about it because he's obsessed with it, but uh, it's great. The only, My only minor criticism isn't really a criticism. It's just sort of the nature of the beast. Like with a lot of documentaries, they have to approach it from different angles, and this one is obviously, you know, Michael Jordan's not going to allow anything really bad. I was, I was looking into... Uh, there was a, a criticism that came out from one of the most famous documentarians ever made, and I, I should have his name because I feel irresponsible here. But he's basically saying the the documentary is is really well made, but because th- there might be a little bit of an inauthentic nature to some of it because Michael Jordan's not going to – he had to approve the whole thing, and he's not going to allow anything truthfully damning to come out. And I think that's fair. It doesn't make this any less interesting. I still am enjoying it. Uh, I'm a sports junkie. Um, but it, it is definitely feel like it's, you know, Michael Jordan sitting behind the editor, like, okay, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, oh, yep. Yep. That's fine. I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, th- what one, Michael Jordan made the comment that a lot of people are probably going to look less fondly upon him after this documentary. So it's given me some hope he's been somewhat objective and it's pretty well known that the guy's kind of a piece of shit. To be honest with you, he was very philanderous. He had very bad gambling problems. He his his desire to win um, sometimes uh, was maniacal. I guess is the best way I can put that. So I mean, it's it's not like we don't already know a lot of these things. I think you're right to some degree, though, Morgan, that some of the things that would be dam damning would not be put in there. And one thing I actually wanted to point out to uh, anyone who's watching this documentary that doesn't know a lot is uh, something I've been considering and I'm sure some other people have is that because Jerry Krause is no longer with us and he was the GM of the Bulls uh, during all of this, that since he's not alive, he can't really add his own comments, unfortunately, to this whole situation because... uh, the uh, the owner that you see in the in the documentary Reinsdorf, he does like he owns that team and then he owns the baseball team as well. In uh, believe it, I believe it's the Chicago baseball team, and he loves baseball. He does not really care about basketball. He views basketball as the business to fund his love of baseball, and he's come out and said. Uh, there is a legitimate statement where he said, I would trade all six NBA championships for one World Series uh, championship. So he's not a big fan of basketball. Typical old white guy. Right. And the thing is, I would, the only thing I feel like is really missing from this documentary um, is that Jerry Krause is being largely used as a scapegoat. Not saying he wasn't guilty of anything that he was accused of in this documentary, because I definitely think he made some pretty poor choices as is being outlined. But I feel like the owner is not being held accountable. And of course, he's not going to be held accountable because he also has to approve the documentary as well. So there's never going to be any account- full accountability there. But uh, if you look after Jerry Krause has left the organization and after everything, the Bulls have not been a good team for years they have not been a well-run team for years uh 
gar packs, which are the two top guys underneath the owner. Um, John Paxson, um, being a former Chicago Bulls player, they have not made a lot of good choices. And it come it, it makes you wonder, is that them just being incompetent, which I think is definitely part of it, or is that the owner's lack of competency there? And because because you got to think about it, the owner has to approve of a lot of these things as well, because a lot of it affects income. And I think that's the the true sadness about this documentary is we don't get Jerry Krause's side of it at the end of the day. Because maybe maybe he did make a lot of bad choices and is kind of a piece of shit for what he did in some regards. But we don't get to hear his side. We get to hear Scottie Pippen yeah. saying like he did not get along with Jerry Krause and Jerry Krause did all these terrible things. But we also don't get to hear the finer details of what Scottie Pippen did to Jerry Krause. I mean, we heard some of it, yeah. but we didn't. Get I mean, to hear in the first episode, they show Michael Jordan constantly making fun of Jerry Krause for being short. Right. Exactly. Short <laughs> and, and like, fat. Maybe that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Short and fat. Yeah. Which is yeah. which he was, but still, it's it's mean. You know, it's bullying, and that subconsciously can can build up in you. So right. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Jerry Krause is not after dark for innocent in anything. Dance. That would be cool. We should, dude. We should. That would be super fucking fun. I would we did one for Sonic. It's the least we could do. Yeah, I think it would just be you um, and me there, though, Morgan, which I'm okay with. Yeah, that'd be fine. It's the, the the big picture thing on this that's interesting is because nobody has real sports, this documentary is getting a lot more eyes than normal, and so it's having a larger impact, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, this documentary, this docuseries, actually overtook Tiger King as of today, as the most uh, famous documentary of all time. I don't know how they would know, though, because, like, I, in, in America, we don't have it on our Netflix. So, like, I can't, I have to literally go to the website on occasion to watch it. So I don't, and it's a big, honestly, yeah. I love the documentary, but it's a big pain in the ass. So I'm wondering how they're, wondering how they're gauging that. Because um, you said yeah. you have it in Japan on Netflix, right? It's it's on Netflix everywhere except the U.S. You uh, ESPN has the exclusive rights to it in the U.S. The but, rights, okay. uh, the redistribution of it is handled through Netflix around the world. And I actually misspoke. I want to clarify something. I kind of uh, uh, made it too vague. Basically, it is the most watched documentary in ESPN history. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said it's the oh, ESPN. most famous of all time. I should have said it's the most watched documentary of ESPN. In so ESPN that's history. my fault. Yeah. Looks Wanted like to make the, sure I clarified that. Looks like it's the only documentary they've ever made, too, which is weird. But. <laughs> no, they have a ton of 30 for 30s and stuff like that. There are a ton of really good documentaries on yeah, ESPN, they, actually. Yeah, they do a lot of good documentaries. Sometimes they just get buried into like the, the hardcore sports fan has to really dig it out kind of a thing. That's true. Um, That's true. I just, I'm, I've been waiting for that, that poker documentary, the one that I know Josh would feverishly watch. Okay. I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'm making sure. I'm making shit up. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Because um, I, I don't think I don't think poker is a sport, and uh, it's funny to me that it's shown on ESPN. But yeah, we'll do uh, we'll do maybe a chummy. We'll see if we're inspired to do a chummy after dark. Anyways, yeah, yeah it's great. Our audience, sixty five percent of them seem to be all about it. So uh, it's it's a good it's a damn good documentary. Um, all right, well that's gonna wrap it up for the week. Uh, I think. You know, it's been a crazy show. Let's get Do the you? fuck out of here. Yeah, I think so. 
Um, I'm exhausted. My wife is yelling at me, but we, we talked about a lot of good shit. And anything we forgot about or you guys want to transfer over next week, it's going to be a great show. We'll have a better, we'll have a deeper Streets of Rage discussion too as well with, yeah. with Shay there. I'll have beaten it by then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably beat it tomorrow night to be quite honest with um, you because it's one of the, in the sense of beaten one run, much like Shay has done. Games, games, games. Patreon.com slash Swordchomp. Remember, you can support us there. Stop the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe wherever you can. Help Chomp Nation grow. Uh, let's get out of here. Thank you, Rich, for being here from New York. Josh, from being here from Michigan. Shay, the number one Ori hater from Japan. And, of course, <laughs> <laughs> myself, Jenner Montai, and Morgan from uh, I'm just kidding. All in good fun. See you Nobody's next week. Laughing. Bye. For an all-new Chomp. Peace.